Rejoice and be glad, for the springtime has come. We can throw down our shovels and go on the bum. Hallelujah, I'm a bum. Hallelujah, bum again. Hallelujah, give us a handout to revive us again. I don't want to see an ordinary film. I want to see something extraordinary. Your sacrifice completes my sanctuary of 1,000 testicles. You ever feel as if your mind had started to erode? Let's rock indeed, or rather, <laughs> let's roll like a train. Uh, I'm Brad Hefner, also known on the uh, dusty roads of this nation as Jim Turpentine. And with me, as always, is... Ian Kiefer, also known as Sam I Am not and the three second pause is in the name and with us again is billy martell also known as backwoods bill oh backwoods bill yes <laughs> the bean baron backwoods bill the bean baron i have all of the beans you can't have them and if you're wondering why we have uh silly names it's because we're hobos this week and this week we're talking about a movie i love from 1973 yes. called Emperor of the North Pole, more commonly known as Emperor of the North, mm-hmm. by Robert Aldrich, one of my favorite directors who has done, his most famous is probably Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, he also did The Dirty Dozen, yes. Ulzana's Raid, Kiss uh, Me Deadly, Kiss Me, Me Deadly, Deadly Vera Cruz, mm-hmm. a million amazing movies, and uh, one of his final films, movie where Peter Falk uh, manages a ladies tag team wrestling movie yes. which is not as bad as it starts out I was reading about it yesterday it didn't look bad but... it's it's a slow start sure. and it's also okay. very confusing about whether rest, like what the kayfabe is uh, like sure. how real okay. wrestling is in this right. world was that the first Aldrich with Peter Falk or? I believe so okay. uh, they're a good I, team I'm sure uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, well Peter Falk's always great of course. Emperor of the North Pole our Emperor of the North is about Lee Marvin as an old hand hobo called A Number One and a young upstart named Cigarette. And to sort of side by side, not necessarily a partnership, they are trying to ride the number 19 Shaq's train. And Shaq doesn't let anybody ride for free. Shaq is played by an unhinged Ernest Borgnine, <laughs> one yeah. of the most terrifying movie villains of all time, in my opinion. We've Obviously, we talk before we record, so we know the general opinion. Let's start with the dissenting opinion. Okay. Ian, <laughs> would you recommend Emperor of the North? I would not. But I am also able to say that I think it is a good movie. I just don't think it's for me. We'll talk about, there is, Ernest Borgnine, in my opinion, is like a Shakespearean actor in this, in like Mm -hmm. a kid's movie. Like, I think he's so good in this, and Mm -hmm. everything else just falls apart for me with the movie. Sure, But his performance is fantastic. But yeah, I'll get more into later on why, but like, I think it's hard for me to say if I would or not, because for myself, I didn't like it, but I don't think it's a bad movie. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Sure. Personally, sure. you don't like it, but you can see good bones in there. Yes, and I key why you guys love it so much. Yeah, sure. Everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy? Uh, I absolutely recommend this movie. I can definitely see why someone might not enjoy it. Yes, and I was a little uh, worried. Like, I, I began to preface, like, uh, qualify yes. it before yes. you guys saw it. It was like, well, I really love this, but right. not everyone loves hobo stories as much as I do. Sure. And yeah. I am not as into hobo stuff as you are. I don't know that most people are as into hobo stuff as you are. I'm sure if there's anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all the hobo scouts I have on my wall. 
I'm a collector. Oh, you took that way darker than I meant it. Anyway. Brad keeps making us do these hobo movies. We keep vetoing it now. And he got one on somehow. The original title of this podcast was 1,000 Wives of Hobo. Yes. <laughs> but anyway. Everywhere I go, I have my bindle. <laughs> I have my open can of beans. Right, yeah, yeah, just constantly an yeah. open can. I've never seen you eat from it. You just have an open can. <laughs> just, and I, I offer it to people. Yeah. Anyway, I do recommend this movie. I would relate, of the movies that we've watched on this show, I would relate this most closely to, or the movies I've watched on the show anyway, mm-hmm. to Streets of Fire mm, in the way yes. that it takes a sort of a slice of... American society that did exist and then mythologizes it into a, a pure fantasy. Yes. yes. This is a fairy tale or a, a, a Greek myth or, or a folk tale set in an American setting. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I love that shit so much. Yes. Uh, Lee Marvin has some incredible lines. Oh my god. Yeah. There's some great monologues in this. Uh, I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what's, uh, we just said his name a whole bunch of stuff. Mermaid Ernest, Man. Ernest, Ernest Borgnine. Borgnine. Yeah, Ernest Borgnine uh, is holy shit. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> like, I, I've always liked the man, but I was yeah. never like yeah, I, he never stood out to me until this movie, where I'm just like, "Holy fuck, who are you?" He's eminently yeah. likable. Like I, I knew him mostly from watching interviews with him, where he is. He's like ad- a Winnie the Pooh. He's an adorable yes. teddy bear of a human being. You would not know it from this movie, in which he is scary as hell, sadistic, yes. yeah, terrifying. I one of the first notes I took when watching this is this is his Peter Cushing performance. Like everything yeah. about it is so meticulously crafted to be scary as hell. Yes, and I mm. love it. I love this movie. I think it's good. (laughs) (laughs) I also love this movie. This is a movie that I was searching for for a long time. It's unfortunately Mm -hmm. not in print. Mm. It's not, as far as I know, streaming, aside from on Internet Archive. It's on Fubo. It's on Fubo. Fubo? It's on... What the fuck is Fubo? (laughs) It's mostly for sports. But also, for some reason, it has Emperor (laughs) of It has live sports. An Emperor of the North. Okay. It's also on Hulu. If oh, you, is it? If you have the like fifteen oh, dollar live, live, live Hulu, okay, which I don't have, yeah. so I watch on Internet Archive. You said that, and I looked it up. I remember this now. I looked it up, and it was like, hey, if you pay seventy dollars, yeah. and I said, no, no, absolutely not. Yeah, I wish this were more readily available. I'd love to have a physical copy. Yeah, but as like, I'm not. I haven't. I want to read more, like the Jack London travel books, yes. and uh, the I think his name is like Leroy Ray Livingston or something Johnson like or something that. like that. Mm-hmm. Who those tales loosely inspired this movie? Mm. Um, but I do like hobo songs. I love the just the idea of like, oh, it's the great like fuck it, like let's just right. travel mm-hmm. around, let's live by our wits, and let's steal some chickens. Sure. Um, beat a child with some chickens. Beat, uh, yeah. <laughs> beat yeah. a young man with some chickens. Yes. So when I and I was like Lee Marvin, Ernest Borgnine, Robert Aldrich, yes. uh, this that's like a I need to see this and I watched it and I loved it and it's and a secret Sid Haig. There I was is gonna a say, very yeah. secret Sid Haig. It doesn't look like him at all. Oh, just a little, just a little treat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you if you can spot him, we'll send you five dollars. <laughs> Because I was like, I, uh, at one point, because I'm watching it again, I was like, oh yeah, Sid Haig is in this movie. Yeah. Is that him? Is that him? Is that If him? you watch this movie and find Sid Haig, we'll send you an unopened, an opened can of beans. <laughs> <laughs> an unopened, opened can of beans. <laughs> We, we, we have send to you open a paradox. You have to open the box to find out. 
the can of beans is open, but we have vacuum sealed plastic around right, it. Right, exactly. We will send exactly. you Schrodinger's can of beans. Exactly. <laughs> Precisely. Well, we talked about Ernest Borgnine and, um, uh, oh my god, I can't think of his name. The other Lee guy. Marvin. Lee, Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin. But we didn't talk, the other main character Keith in this Carradine. is Keith Carradine, yes. which is, I think, one of the reasons why I hate the movie. Uh, I understand that. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen him in anything. Yeah. I'm not familiar with him either. I know he has an Oscar. Yes. Because I saw him Fun Facts. He yeah. is so annoying in this movie. Oh, yeah. And I know that's the character. That's the point. But yeah. sometimes there's points where it's just like, this character isn't fun to so, watch. So this character for you was like the the main character critic in Theater of Blood was for me. Yes. Where it's just like, every time he's on screen, it's just like, oh, man, there are good things in this movie, but geez, all the, yes. the blood is coming out of my brain. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, yeah. I completely understand that. But yeah. also, this movie is a wonderful, it's wonderful for commies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it's oh, wonderful yeah. for people who fucking hate the establishment. Oh, oh absolutely. Yes. Corporations. I love yes. that part it's of it. It's also, yeah. I yes. feel like, and I'm going to try to put this into words up top. I believe this is a purely masculine movie, and I mean that in the 20th century sense of masculine. Now the word has sort of been deconstructed. Like, it means it's not, the concept of masculinity is much less important. You have to I be think. an alpha to watch this movie. <laughs> But this is about this buy is our like, protein shakes. This is a this is a pure dude movie. Like yeah. I'm not not saying women can't enjoy it, mm-hmm. but it's about guys surviving on their wits, doing things that they absolutely do not have to do. Yes, yeah, sure, sure. So I actually found uh, something online about that and everything. Yeah. So um, people talk about how like yeah, again with it being a very masculine movie, and that was one of the critiques that came out when it came out yeah. is because hobo lifestyle and culture and everything is so much about friendship. And, mm-hmm. like, that and everything. This is the most unfriendly movie, like, ever, I think. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things people are like, that there should have been more that kind of friendship and camaraderie. Well, we'll get into it, but everywhere A number one goes, he's treated like a friend and he treats people like friends. Yes. It's just that Cigarette, Keith Carradine's character, is a fucking bitch. Yes. So, a bitch. Yeah, he is. And no, Shaq no. is insane, so it's Shaq's just like... Insane, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like this weird trifecta of personalities. Here's the thing. I didn't have this problem during the movie, but while we're sitting here and we keep talking about Shaq, I keep picturing Shaq. Oh, yeah, oh, me right. too. Like Shaquille, like, like Shaquille yeah. Oh, I did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not have that problem when watching the movie. Just since we started talking about Shaq, I keep thinking about Shaquille O'Neal be, knocking people off his train, doing like, not in my house. Just like, They've talked about making a remake of this. I was with, reading. With Shaq. Like, I don't know that he'd fit in the train. <laughs> No, no, but they have talked about making train. a remake of the movie for the modern day. He's like Thomas's face is on the front. <laughs> he just released a rap song last year or something. Yeah, he is. He's had a rap album previously, I believe. Yeah, he's, he's about to he's about to crash into another train, and he just he's just I'm gonna have to use some advanced shack dicks to get out of this. <laughs> no, but if he did play the shack, yes. then he would not yeah. use a hammer. He would only use shack Fu. Ah, there mm. you go. So I have a bit of background info that I tried to find. All right. Uh, not much, but uh, so one of the things why it's called Emperor of the North yes. is that it was a hobo joke would basically be whoever was the best hobo would be the Emperor of the North because you were emperor over a barren wasteland. Well, Emperor of the North Pole. Emperor North Pole, yes. And the reason why they changed it to Emperor of the North is because they didn't want people to think this was a Christmas movie. Mm. Or, or a movie about, like, Arctic exp- expedition. But it's such a dumb thing because... The movie should be called Emperor of the North Pole because they literally say Emperor of the North Pole like a billion times. Yeah, in they the say movie. it a bunch. So that's just yeah. dumb studio. But I mean, being. this has always been the case. Like even now, it's the case. I remember in the two thousands, 
Uh, there was a movie called like The Madness of King George the Fourth or something. Yes, third. and they Madness of King George the Third. Yes, and for American releases, they changed it to The Madness of King George because Did they that? were worried about people thinking it was a threequel. Oh, oh wow! Wow! Yes. I that love is, that movie, but that I didn't know it. Very that. very silly. I've never seen it. I've seen the play. I haven't seen the movie. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, he's seen the play. I know. That's right. I'm a... Backwoods Bill goes to see plays. <laughs> I sneak in the back. Us real hobos just watch cows fuck. <laughs> yep. You That's got it. That's our Shakespeare. I, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it. I know the arc. I... <laughs> So backwards, so backwards Bill is very old. I was yes, thinking like yes. he's, he's eight hundred years old. I'm twenty three. He's Methuselah. <laughs> he's the Methuselah of hobos. Twenty three um, years old. I've just lived very hard. Was, this has nothing to do with the movie aside from hobos, but I would love if there was like a tabletop setting that was all just like hobos like just it's oh, like oh that's great and like there's different eras like there's the late 1800s there's yeah. the early like 1910s and there's the depression and that's, that's like great. your that's, that's like a good idea like one's like the forgotten realms and the other's oh like uh, but you, um, you could very easily just adapt existing D&D stuff to I say make D&D. that yeah. happen yeah. because they, we already call uh, uh, adventuring parties in D&D uh, a group of murder hobos yeah. so it already yeah. it already works but Just, this, I, I equip my chicken I, I take <laughs> I roll my attacks but this whole this whole plot is almost like okay we have our big bad For and sure. we have the goal we need to achieve yes. now yes. we need to creatively problem solve right yeah. and I can even almost picture this as a D&D campaign where it's like yeah. Okay, when does the next train come? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so he's he, okay. So I, I, I'm going to climb up the side of the train and help this and help this idiot out. Yeah. Okay, roll your athletic. You rolled nat one. Oh my god, the the handle comes off. Oh <laughs> shit! Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That or you could do a Settlers of Catan version. Oh sure. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, like yeah. a. Di- so. It also worked great as like a Disco Elysium where it's all oh, just like yeah. dialogue and stuff. Mm, be cool too. And then you kind of touched on that it's based on a couple memoirs, most famously Jack London's The yes. Road. Um, and so, Jack London went by the moniker Cigarette. Cigarette. Ooh. And the other guy who I already forget is Livingston, whatever his name uh, was. Yeah. Went by the moniker of A, a Number One. one. Mm. Such and a great name because he loves steak sauce. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but his memoir. Memoir is literally about a number one and cigarette as cigarette Jack London when they uh, would that and the everything. The book is called Coast to Coast with Jack London. Yes, was Jack London a little bitch? No, that's the problem. That, oh. that that was one of the problems with the movie, as people said, is that Aldrich made up this whole like like yelling at each other and everything. Yeah. They were the best of friends. They sure. loved each other and everything, and they were just companions and stuff. Mm. But again, that's kind of boring for a yeah. movie and everything. Sure, so I understand. Just fucked. Yeah, but Absolutely. here's another reason why I think I didn't like the movie. I fucking hate Jack London. Okay. It's one oh. of those things I read Call of the Wild, I read White Fang. I hate his writing I've and everything. I've never read any Jack London because um, I don't care for the British. <laughs> there you go. Well, I will say Robert Aldrich does have a history of making adaptations of material from people he doesn't like. Yes. And oh. taking those people and making them bad. Kiss Me Deadly is an entire piss take of yes. Mike Hammer and Mickey Spillane's. Really? He hated uh, Mickey Spillane and he hated Mike Hammer, so he decided to make his adaptation of the Mickey Spillane's novel with Mike Hammer in it uh, just a movie about what a 
crazy asshole Mike Hammer is. Yeah. Wow. Mike Hammer is yeah. a shitty non-human. He's hollow on the inside. Mike Ooh, Hammer shit. could be the son of Shaq. Sure. Yeah, okay. absolutely. For how much he delights in violence. Or the and father just... of Shaq, to be honest. That's, oh, that's why the Shaq is the way he is. I would say, I'm very torn on Robert Aldridge at the moment because I've seen two movies. One I really, really loved and then mm-hmm. one I didn't like as much. Sure. So, like, I want to see more, but is all of his movies have, like, one character who's just absolutely despicable because you're saying there's one in Kiss um, Me Deadly there's one in Dirty Dozen Telly Savalas there's this yeah. as Shaq because I know he's known not for like violence necessarily okay uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane is not necessarily like that um, that's true yeah Vera Cruz Burt Lancaster is pretty much a black hat about. Oh, was he guy. the villain in that? Yeah. I'll think he was the hero. Oh, I thought no. he played Gary hero Cooper's. roles. Gary Cooper's the hero. That makes sense. Yeah. What about what about the wrestling movie with Peter Falk? Is there is just there they're just a real son of a bitch in that? Is Robert Peter Aldrich was the villain. Actually <laughs> actually it's almost Peter Falk. It's oh, really? Peter that makes Falk. it I was literally about because, to say is Peter Falk a son of a bitch? Uh no. spoiler cuz you guys probably won't see this movie. Probably not. No. Um at one point, uh, Peter Falk uses rigged dice to win a bunch of money in a crap game. And then when the people running the game, like, they realize he's cheating because he just keeps winning. Yeah. So they, like, follow him out, and he hides and ambushes them with a baseball bat. Holy shit. Jesus. <laughs> Holy shit. shit. This movie sounds nuts. It's, it's, it, there are some wild parts. Every time mm. you describe a scene from this movie, all I can picture is... Just Matilda, but Elliot Gould is Peter Falk. <laughs> this is the Matilda, re- not the kid. The, not the, the kangaroo. Kid. Matilda. No, this is no, the one you guys one. did on. The, yeah, not ha, that one. Branding. Uh, it was. It was the Matilda where the boxing kangaroo. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kangaroo. Who made you? What god? <laughs> what miracle oh of god. god you are? Honestly, oh, John. John Cassavetes, get over here. Honestly, Look at this boxing kangaroo. John Cassavetes is a fucking miracle. John Cassavetes is the kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> the kangaroo just has this nervous, twitchy, crazy energy the whole movie. <laughs> Don't hit me! I'm, god, not, I'm is... not shaving my balls until you <laughs> negotiate my contract. <laughs> <laughs> My big kangaroo ball. Why is it only you get with the broad? I want to. I'm the boxer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god, that's some, that's some deep movie nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One you gotta know about the movie Matilda. Yeah. <laughs> I know who Do you gotta know about sixties and seventies icon John Cassavetes. <laughs> yep. By the way, check out the wonderful uh, Peter Falk John Cassavetes movie directed by Elaine May, Mikey and Nikki. It's yeah. beautiful. You need to see that um, one, Stone. So we begin with a text crawl. Yes. Right. And I will read it in total. Ooh, here we go. 1933, the height of the Great Depression. Hobos roamed the land, riding the rails in desperate search for jobs. Spurned by society and unwanted and homeless, they became a breed apart. Nomads who scorned the law and enforced their own. Dedicated to their destruction was the railroad man, who stood between them, their only source of survival, the trains. Bum, bum, bum. Gonna say it better than any Star Wars. Oh, God, mm. yeah. 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 No, I'm not a Star great. Wars fan, so I'll agree it's, with that. It's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely better than uh, you were reading it, and I was ima- I was imagining it being, like, it's just text on the screen, but yeah. I was imagining, like, a voice reading it while you're looking at it, like, in the Highlander. Yeah. And it's definitely, it's, it's better than a lot of, of, of opening titles. But it already calls. sets up our establishment versus anti-establishment themes. Yes. yes. Um, this idea that, like, these people, like, one, they want jobs. They, they don't want to be... Because this is the height of the Great Depression. Like, people yeah. are out of work. It's like... And then there's just some douche who's like... Yeah. 
Fuck you. Yes. Bringing up the establishment versus anti-establishment part, because I really do like that part of the movie. Yeah. I, I love the the title crawl. It sets up specific, and it's very clear and concise in setting up exactly what the stakes are in the universe. Yes. yes. And what the rules are, what we can expect going forward. When the movie, the movie opens up in like an iris uh, situation right next, which is, it feels like the curtain being Don't drawn back. the world to see me. Just a number one oh my looking God. in a mirror, just being like, if the remake. But I wanted to sing that too, Shaq. It's, if, if, if the, the remake, remake is made instead of a man on a train, it starts off with Iris. No, it, it starts <laughs> off with this, and it's set in space like Treasure Planet. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, that's actually good. But uh, I, I just I love the way that that sets up the world when it opens up and you see the train. Yeah. You're already yeah. primed as an audience member to be like. Oh hey, the mm. thing that everyone needs yes. and ev- the yes. spice must flow. Yes. The train is the spice from Dune. The opening it scene is the glowing is great. briefcase. It's the fucking arteries of the country at this point. Yeah. Like yeah. we begin with footage of a train and a song by the wonderful Marty Robbins. Yes. Uh, most people are probably familiar with Marty Robbins through two songs. Mm-hmm. One El Paso, mm-hmm. which was prominent was featured in Breaking Bad, yep. an amazing song, as well as the song Big Iron, which is part Big of the Iron. Fallout. New it's Vegas good. soundtrack. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I know that. both are great songs. Marty Robbins great if you love gunfighter ballads, which I do. I grew up on those songs. That's what my grandpa listens to. So yeah. like that really, you know, hit a strict accord as well. I don't uh, know God. what we're talking about. Oh, you yeah. <laughs> I'll you know. send you some Marty oh, Robbins songs. I'm gonna Breaking like Bad. I've seen the first seen, three episodes, maybe. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. I think it's a but his songs are like. Finale. I had a gun and I shot a horse, and then the horse got a gun shot me. With the big iron on his hip. Very similar vibes to this song, which includes the lines, A man's not a train, and a train's not a man. A man can do things a train never Never can. can. Yes. (laughs) I wrote that down too. Uh, It's it's a very helpful, informative song. It's it's like a Sesame Street song. I just imagine Marty Robbins coming into preschool with his guitar. Like, I'm ready to teach you kids some stuff. A man's on a train, and a train's on a man. Like, there's some kid who saw Thomas the Tank Engine was super confused. Yeah, about, like our trains exactly, people, that's exactly our people right. trains. He's like, yeah. No. I just I imagine he's, he's playing this song to the kids, and the kids are holding up like a, a GI Joe and a train toy, and be like. Huh, I'll get this right one of these days. <laughs> also, can we talk about how the uh, kid's name is Cigarette and he never smokes the whole movie? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What the yeah. fuck? Uh-huh. No, that's that's him. That's his advertising. Yeah. He's letting people know what you have to pay for his for services. Yeah. For his butt. Exactly. His yeah. Butt. I was talking about his mouth. But yeah. Okay. Butt boy. Yeah. Now, on my first watch, yes, this song is silly. Yes. Yeah. I enjoyed it more the second time because mm-hmm. I was like looking at the lyrics and I was like, yeah, no. A train can run out of steam, but a man can keep going because he doesn't have to shove coal up his ass. <laughs> That's what cigarette does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The train is the number 19, Shaq's train, and Shaq mm. is played by the incredible Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine, as Billy said, was Mermaid Man and SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. He is in the Dirty Dozen. He the won general. an Oscar for Marty, which yeah. I have not seen yet. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite kid. thing, aside from this, that Ernest Borgnine did was, I believe it was a Fox News interview in the uh, <laughs> oh, no. mid-2000s where uh, the lady anchor said, boy, you sure look great. And he's like, well, I have a secret to staying young. And then, even though he knew he was mic'd, he went, I like to masturbate a lot. Oh, that's right! Yes! <laughs> I, I that. Oh, my God! 
Our hero. <laughs> Our hero. <laughs> I literally wrote Ernest Borgnine parenthetically heart emoji. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine w- was a, an incredible human being. He just seemed like the nicest. He was also in he, McHale's Navy. Uh, he was yes. in McHale's Navy. Oh, he's great in McHale's Navy. The movie uh, that the I, show. Yeah, uh, he had a cameo in the in the movie. 90s is there a movie, movie of it? Yeah, oh, Ooh, Kelsey Grammer, unfortunately. No, that oh. was Down Periscope. Oh, sorry. Right. Tom Arnold was in McHale's Navy. Okay, so oh. Tom Arnold, unfortunately. Yeah. But the movie that I remembered him mostly from was Wild Bunch. And yeah. actually, speaking of Wild Bunch, Sam Peckinpah was in line to direct this movie. Makes sense. I did but, hear about um, it. Yeah. They couldn't agree on money. Yeah. Mm. And also, speaking of Robert Aldrich. Robert Aldrich's Vera Cruz, which was mentioned earlier, yeah. was the prototype for the coming 60s revisionist westerns. Yeah, uh, if, if you're not familiar with Ernest Borgnine and none of those credits, uh, I like to masturbate a lot, mm-hmm. uh, ring a bell. Uh, he is a yeah. bigger man. He, he died in the 2000, 2010s-ish. Yes, yes. Um, but he has always looked older. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he has and a very distinctive face. Yeah, like he's got wildly bushy eyebrows, I, huge eyes. When I saw him in Flight of the Phoenix, I was like, "This man should have played Winnie the Pooh." Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah. He's also you may have seen him if you only watch like more recent movies. He was in Red as the guy. Oh, that's he's right. Yeah, he's the guy who has all the files. He's the guy who likes to masturbate a lot. <laughs> he's, he's, he's great. The he train is. stops to take on water and some bows, which that's some slang we're going to be using a lot. Yes. It's mm-hmm. short for hobos. Yes, are waiting. In the woods, a lot of waiting in the woods, just waiting mm-hmm. on the just the periphery of the tracks. In this, I love it. Do you know what the etymology? I was actually asking. Do you know what the etymology of hobo is? No, I assume it comes from Hoboken, Hoboken New Jersey. That's what I was thinking, hey. I doubt but me. I don't know. Um, but I don't know if um, that was. Well, I'm glad you didn't look it up. Shaq strolls the perimeter. The train begins to roll, and the, a bow jumps on. Shaq sees him, mm-hmm. and he pulls out his fucking hammer. Oh, so this good. goddamn hammer. Shaq, uh, R.I.P. Shaq, you would have loved Whack-A-Mole. <laughs> he comes up behind the hobo, hits him on the head. Yeah. The hobo falls, and he tries to cling to the train, but he loses his grip and falls under. And then we get a shot of him cut in half by the locomotive. It's so good. In- Brutal Incredible. opening. Brutal opening. I love it. I know I just brought this up in Theater of Blood, uh, last episode and everything, but it reminds me again of the Suspiria thing, Mm -hmm. where again, where you have the entire thing go into her, and just that first, and it just sets the tone of the movie. Well, I thought it did. (laughs) Sets that tone right away and stuff. And immediately, Ernest Borgnine is insane and terrifying, and Mm -hmm. like it's clear he relishes this. This is what he lives for. I don't have a bad thing to say about his performance. He hates... It's one of those things where he doesn't want people on his train, but he really wants people on his train. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you can even see when he's walking out and walking the line while they're taking on water, he, out of the corner of his eye, he can see the hobos in the bushes. He's not doing anything about them while they're not touching his train. The minute they touch his train, that's when he has the authority to whip out the hammer. Exactly. And he can do what he desperately wants to do. And let's put this up top. Shaq is a petty despot. Like, oh, this oh, is yeah. not his oh, train, yes. obviously. It it's belongs to some fucking millionaire somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. And Shaq doesn't care about the company. No. He just, he has found a place where he can murder. 
and yes. be cruel yes. and fucking yell at people. Like a cop. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's a train cop. He's a train cop. I don't even know if I would use the word petty. It's more just he enjoys violence. Yeah. Like, it's not even more like, oh, I don't want you on my train. He's just like, because you said it, like, there's times where in the movie where he's okay with people on his train because then that means he gets to hit people yeah. and stuff. Yeah. He enjoys, like, what he does and everything. Yeah. Um, Which is masturbating a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to do that a lot. <laughs> That's fine. It's, it's a great it's a great bit. Yeah. The last um, thing I will say about this scene before we move on is you were talking about it setting up the the tone of the film. Yes. It doesn't quite do that because there we won't have like nonstop violence throughout this film. Yes. But what it, what I think it's more intending to do is setting up just like that opening title crawl. We 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 now know what people want. Mm-hmm. Now we know what the stakes are. Yes. yes. If you don't get yeah. if if you don't successfully evade this man, this this meticulous asshole uh, mm-hmm. uh, here with his eyebrows, uh, this is what happens to you. Yes. This yes. is this is we're gonna play a, immediately. It cuts back to like the this whimsical is... hobo music. The, this was a whimsical mytholo- mythological folk tale world. If you if you make a mistake, you are chopped in half. The music <laughs> is by Frank Devol, who did a ton of music with Robert Aldrich. Okay, one of my favorite things about Robert Aldrich. Is he loves like he? If you're in like one Robert Aldrich movie, yes, there's yeah. a good chance you will be in another Robert Aldrich movie. Yeah, uh, Lee Marvin, Ernest Borgnine. This is their seventh movie together. Wow, to, uh, together, not, not not Robert Aldrich, but just together. But Lee oh, Marvin sure. and Ernest Borgnine. But like but, three of them uh, are Aldrich, I think. So, but shortly before his death, Ernest Borgnine had a YouTube channel. Did he? Oh, where God. he would he would dra- where, did he dance? Did he no. do sexy dance? Did he masturbate? <laughs> After after the camera turned off every time, uh, no he. I like it when people watch. <laughs> he 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 drove around in an RV, oh. and someone off camera asked him questions. Oh, and is he this story? I saw something so called "On the Bus" with Ernest. That's Borgnine. exactly that's what this it is. It was an Ernest Borgnine YouTube channel wow. called "On the that's Bus." That's amazing. With so it's like what David Lynch does now, where he Basically, just has someone talk to him. It's like Jerry Seinfeld's getting coffee in cars with comedians, but good. Exactly. It, it, it was a little bit more low tech and a little hey, bit more. I had a sixteen year old. Girlfriend. Oh boy, and a little bit more dynamic than what David, because David Lynch is always in two locations. Uh, <laughs> Ernest Borgnine would like sometimes like, hey, I found a beer factory. They're gonna let us film the tour. Let's let's go on Aww. a tour of this beer factory. It's very it's very sweet. But hey, I, I can't reach this honey, but maybe if I tie a <laughs> balloon to me. <laughs> But he was talking. I found a video where he talked about this movie, oh, wow. and he said he loved the way Robert Aldrich made movies, which was much more in common at the time. One, he said he was one of the greatest directors ever, which we all know. I believe uh, it. But I, he, no, I yeah. truly, corely believe it. Right, and he said making movies with Robert Aldrich and also just in general in Hollywood at the time felt more like a family atmosphere, Aww. much like community it's theater does, affair. where everyone gets together, they rehearse, and they do things. And he says nowadays when I when I do part and movies, you come for your two days and you're gone. Yeah. You don't get to know anybody. Nobody knows who you are. Nobody Aww. talks about Marty anymore. Nobody talks about Marty. He's like, I, I, I bring my Oscar everywhere, but no one <laughs> asks me about it. I just imagine him watching the movie Quiz Show at home, and then it coming up, that trivia, and he'd be like, <laughs> Oh, it's me! <laughs> <laughs> He also said that uh, Lee Marvin was one of his uh, best friends ever. Oh, yeah. I hope they kissed. 
I do remember seeing him talk about an interview though that this was the most physically taxing oh, of his role. Like in his, he, like he, he seriously uh, hurt himself. They the don't one, have him doing yeah. gymnastics routines in most movies. Like, yeah. but no. here he has to be the heavy. He has yeah. to. Yeah. The one fight and, scene in the movie took thirty-five days to I shoot. Think, yeah. Oh my god! He, I can't wait to get to that fight. He scene. and Lee Marvin hit each other a lot yeah. in real. There life. was like no stunt doubles. <laughs> yeah. Oh really? Oh yeah. yeah. Wow. And they're both. <laughs> They're, They're both, both old, old men. My yep. note when we get to it, I wrote down geezer fight. Finally, we see the fucking man, Lee Marvin, playing Ugh. A number one. He also waits in the woods at another stop until he and Shaq spot each other. And he waits. A number one has a camp. Mm-hmm. He's also mm-hmm. stolen a chicken. Mm-hmm. At that uh, camp, he has several copies of Detective Comics, which made me happy. Does he? I, I, felt, I felt like I could relate to him. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Now, this chicken prize, prize property. Yes. And a squad of bows led by Cigarette and two children, it seems. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, jump out. They jump at him. Uh, Cigarette fucking bites A number yes. one. Yes. Uh, but he fights. He beats them. The, it's like. It's like. <laughs> It's he's like that part with a pink chicken. Flamingo. Yeah. yeah he's beating, beating children with chicken. Yeah. He's beating people up with this chicken. But remember that part in Pink Flamingos where they fuck with the chicken between yes. them? It's like that. Except <laughs> it's Lee Marvin just hitting people with a chicken. And the chicken survives in this. Yes. Thank I God. wrote I wrote down is Lee Marvin beating up those children with his cock? Oh. Uh, that's a good. That's good. Yeah, and then I wrote down. Uh, I really hope that this chicken was well treated on set, but I don't think it was. Probably not. <laughs> well, it was the seventies. After you just said that they didn't kill it, all I imagine is just John Waters showing up, like, "I'll eat that chicken if you don't want it. <laughs> we'll cook it up tonight." Yeah. Hey, Bobby, I got a scene I need to film. Can I borrow? <laughs> this um, chicken has seen shit. Meanwhile, the nineteen is leaving. Shaq patrols the rooftops. And I, I guess I never realized this about trains is that, or at least old time trains, like they just have pathways that you could walk on the roofs. That's true. Yeah. I, hmm. I didn't really think about that when I was watching it. He's checking for stowaways, but he doesn't see that A number one has hopped on board. Mm-hmm. Also tagging along is one of the bows who jumped A number one, the previously mentioned cigarette played by Keith Carradine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Keith Carradine has been in a ton of things. Ton um, of I've seen Part of the as, Carradine family. Yes. Uh, with uh, David. And he didn't hang himself? No. Well, <laughs> Ernest Borgman likes Borgman to like, just... masturbate a lot. He <laughs> just can't say himself no. doing it. No, he, he does it safely. Here's what happened. Ernest Borgnine told Keith Carradine, uh, Carradine about yeah. his masturbation. So then he told, is it David? Is David. He one of, yeah, yes, David, David Carradine. So then that's yeah. how. I was like, masturbation? Never heard of it. I better give this a try. <laughs> well, better. I, I can. Sh- I should put a rope around my. <laughs> I can manually stimulate myself Ew. to ejaculation. <laughs> Tell me oh, more. <laughs> have you guys seen the the video that David Carradine made with the big with the green? Yes, thing? yes, oh, I have. God, it's one of my favorite videos. God, so upsetting. <laughs> Just not every. Well, he. I think he was an awful person or something. Yeah. I've seen Keith Carradine as Wild Bill Hickok on Deadwood Ooh. and Frank Lundy on Dexter. Cigarette joins a number one in a train car filled with hay, which a number one clearly does not like. Because no. it's it's a liability. Also, I mean, as we see Cigarette go into the train car, he closes the door, revealing behind the door that Shaq has seen him go into the train yes. car, and yes. Shaq will lock them in there. Yes, I love yes. I love all the little the tricky bits of cinematography that get pulled off with like showing who gets noticed, where and why yes. and by who. And it, by the way, it is always. Lee Marvin is Lee Marvin's A twenty one A number one 
is perfect. A24. 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 <laughs> that would actually that should be my hobo monitor. <laughs> oh, that been good. A number one is incredibly good at what they do. They almost never get caught. Almost every single time, it is entirely cigarettes' fault. Yeah, because cigarettes mm. suck. Everything goes wrong because cigarettes, cigarettes fucking a, suck. He's a bullshit Awful. man. Uh, apparently, Robert Aldrich said that Shaq represents the establishment, obviously, uh-huh. yes. and A Number One represents the anti-establishment, sure. obviously. obviously. In Robert Aldrich's mind, cigarette represent the youth of today. The youngins. Mm. Which I don't think that's is entirely mean. fair. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of mean. But I can see it. I can see it in... in Given yeah. that Robert Aldrich was like probably very old when he made this movie. Yeah. But he still has that anarchic spirit. Like, he means well. I th- and I, also, Cigarette yeah. has many chances. Yes. He has many oh, chances. He, does. To, he could have been a meat eater. He could have been a meat eater. I think it's better to watch the movie, because I didn't know that that was the intention behind him. When I watched the movie, I saw Cigarette as... Is there? Someone said this about Andrew Tate recently. Hmm. That Andrew Tate... Your uh, hero. My yeah. hero. My, I'm not even going to say that as a joke. Uh, but <laughs> we'll just take that out and put it on Instagram or something. Sure, absolutely. Uh, Andrew Tate manages to capture the dissatisfaction that young men have with society today. But his solution is not to fuck the man and, yeah. d- and not play the game. His solution is, no, I'll teach you how to play the game and win. Which yeah. is the wrong tack. And absolutely. I take Cigarette as more of a... a, a expression of that philosophy of like no i'm king shit yes and and lee marvin is like there is no king shit yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, we're all king of shit exactly this is Um, shit that we are standing in right now no i definitely motherfucker i definitely saw cigarette as sort he's a fucking to quote the ever annoying holden caulfield he's a phony Mm-hmm. Like he's just—he's a loudmouth. He lies constantly. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's not even good boasts. Like yes, I imagine part of bow culture, and part of the reason I love hobos is I love Tom Waits, who is basically our hobo troubadour. Oh yeah, um, nowadays yeah. And like when Tom Waits sings a song like Jitterbug Boy, where he's like, "I had breakfast in the eye of a hurricane." That's a good boast. That's but a good cigarette. Yeah. Like you don't. And I'll give Keith Carradine this. He does this great balancing act where. He's doing these boasts, but you don't fucking believe him. Mm-hmm. And that's the character. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the character where he's like, I'm going to say all this shit. I'm going to be full of myself. Yeah. But you're not going to believe one inch of it. So yeah. my problem with Keith Carradine's character is, for me, this is the same character, except worse, that John Cassavetes is in The Dirty Dozen. I don't know. If, no, yeah, like, yeah, I because that. it's the punk kid. He yeah. thinks he's so good. Lee Marvin has to, you know, beat him into shape so yeah. he can do that and everything. Yeah. And it seems, and again, it probably isn't, but it seems to me that Robert Carradine, or Robert Carradine, <laughs> That's right. uh, Robert uh, Aldrich probably maybe wrote this character with that kind of actor maybe. in mind or something. And my biggest problem with the movie as well is I don't think, except for like, so Shaq is amazing, like as a character, mm-hmm. but there's no character there. And that's what makes Shaq that's, amazing. It's like, I on my letterbox review, I compared him to Anton Chigurh. I think that's sure. a good, uh, No that's Country a great, for Old Man. Where, yeah. Like he does not have a character. He's just evil. Yes, yeah. and that's great. He's just evil and violence personified. But then I also don't think Lee Marvin has that much of a character. Oh, and, I disagree. Yeah, okay. I disagree with that. And I was going to say, and that's my problem with like, so the Dirty Dozen, you had all these 12 people. Everyone had this different character. Sure. All these yeah. different people. Absolutely. And I think that was my problem is, Lee Marvin, I guess I could see a little bit, but like Keith Carradine has nothing. Like, Cigarette as a character, I feel like. I th- here's, here's my um, 
hang dif- ten. The, the, yeah, my, my hang ten. My Absolutely. my dif- my difference of opinion with with that is that the big the big difference between Cigarette and John Cassavetes' characters, whatever his name was, and I forget. Dozen, yeah, uh, John Cassavetes. John Cassavetes. Lee Marvin eventually decides. That what he's good for is inspiring the other men yeah. to follow him. Yes. Yes. He decides to utilize that. Uh, Keith Carradine, which makes sense because John because John Cassavetes has always had the energy of a cult leader to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Keith Carradine can't inspire shit. No, no. Even yeah. even when he brag when he's bragging, there is there are some characters who end up believing some things that he say, but only because they be- don't know better. for their own reasons. And yes. even then, a lot of them are like. This probably didn't happen, but it'd be yeah. really funny if it did, wouldn't it? Yes. You know, it's. But I, I, I hear what you're saying when it comes yeah. to that. Like he is, he is more of a hey, here's a shitty person than mm-hmm. it is a like a full character. Uh, immediately to see how fucking stupid mm-hmm. and unhinged cigarette is, as he's in the car and with the straw with uh, a number one, completely unprompted. Yeah. Cigarette goes, who are you calling a fool? You call me a fool, I'll push your face in. Oh. And even though Lee Marvin is like a hundred years older than <laughs> Cigarette, yeah. never for one second do you believe that Cigarette could take a number one. I, no, that's true. Lee Marvin, uh, right before he, he jumps on the train, he has this moment where uh, he, he, he sees the shack and he has this sort of like, Eh, whatever, kind of like grin on his face. Mm-hmm. I wrote down Lee Marvin playing a cocky asshole. The deuce you say? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and I just—I'll I'll mention it now. Ernest Borgnine is in a conductor's outfit. He looks yep. great. He has his little hat. He's yes. very natty. And cigarette is sort of just dressed like uh, your average hobo. Sure. But a number one is kind of like in this suit yes. and tie. He has like breeches. He mm-hmm. looks sort of—it's re- very dirty. Yes. But it looks sort of refined. Like he feels. Yes. Yes. He feels elevated. He's a very sort of gentleman of the road, kind of. Uh, Just like a full-on Mary Poppins chimney sweep kind of smudge. Mary Poppins should have been about a transient man. Just Absolutely. I'll take care of your kids. What I'm saying is A A number one should have been played by Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. I'm not saying that. With the bad British accent. Exactly. A spoonful of moonshine makes the medicine go down. I put the stars where they are. Uh, I know the king. A number one lights a stogie, which freaks Cigarette out out due to the obvious fire hazard. Mm -hmm. And A number one's kind of like, what the fuck difference does it make? We're going to... Like, either we're going to be found by the bulls and sent to prison, or we're going to die in here. Yeah. A number one explains to the young cigarette that he's fucked. Like, if he gets caught by the bulls and sent to prison, Mm -hmm. he's not out in six months. They're going to send him to a pit, and they're going to make all the money they can off of him. And also, if they manage to hide, this is a steer car. Mm -hmm. They're going to load big-ass steers with horns in there that are going to gore him to death. He even implies that they might find them and load the car with steers anyway. anyway yeah. Because uh, Cigarette says, they wouldn't do that to us, and Lee Marvin gives him a look like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cigarette brags that he killed a hobo by the name of Hee Haw Mike. <laughs> uh, <laughs> This this is when I wrote this dialogue is so weird. Oh, I love, yeah. I love oh, it yeah. though. I love it oh, yeah. so much. If uh, get <laughs> watch Kiss Me Deadly because this is like a fucking Tom Waits song. It's like yeah for sure. Yeah, killed he home Mike in El Paso, but he still showed up in another state later. Uh, a number one says that he haul Mike gotten in Texas, shot full of holes by nobody knows, mm. and Marvin just fucking sells it. 
He oh, yeah. fucking sells it every inch of the way, I think. Uh, a number one grabs his chicken and tells Cigarette that they won't take us alive. <laughs> <laughs> then, he, then he starts a fire. Oh. The chicken clucks and A number one just starts laughing. Yeah. As he fans and feeds the flames with more straw. The train pulls into the yard. I want to point out, he's laughing, but it's not like a maniacal laugh. It's a very sort of sedate sort of like, <laughs> it's a, I know what I'm doing. It's a yes. knowing laugh. Yes. Yeah. It's a, I'm fucking with you laugh. Exactly. Yeah. I'm fucking with the world. It's a, I'm fucking with the green foot. The green horn, the tender foot. Like, yes. you don't know the tricks. I know the tricks. I know the tricks. The train pulls into the yard, and a number one straight up fucking Kool Aid man's <laughs> through the fucking wall oh, of yeah. the train car that has been weakened by the flames. I, f- it's so great. It's so good. Yeah, and he still has his chicken. Yeah, of course. That's one of my biggest problems with the movie is that he doesn't keep the chicken the whole movie. I agree they, with that. They should have been pals. They should have been pals. Well, even that because been like- as stupid as this sounds, it's also the contrast between uh, Shaq's hammer. So Shaq has an industrial hammer and he has oh, an so agricultural... Like thing of an animal, like oh, a chicken. You want this yeah. to be a signature weapon. You want this absolutely. His yeah. holy chicken plus one. <laughs> <laughs> also, I didn't mention it before, but did anyone else have the song by the Beatles, "Max Plus Silver Hammer," going through your head whenever? No, freaking, but I should have. I did. I will. Oh, the whole movie. Every time or, I saw uh, that fucking hammer. Uh, Ticket to Ride. Oh, oh, there you go. That's a good one. I I will say uh, Lee Marvin in this scene to me. This is establishing, obviously, his character, his resourcefulness, and his, like, his ease with which he... Are you okay? Yes, I just love the greatest thing, though. Oh, okay. <gasps> Jesus. Uh, his, his ease I with think you have, like, he, daggers in your eyes. <laughs> his ease with which he carries himself through this this crazy world. He seems to me to be embodying the, the Anansi archetype here. Uh, which goes into what I was just thinking. What were you thinking? Lee Marvin would have been the perfect Wednesday. Wednesday Adams? Adams? No, idiot from fucking <laughs> American Gods. Oh, yeah! Oh, yes, sure. absolutely. Jesus, I am 100%. Yeah. No, he's... He's the talking. Image of, yeah, no. Marvin in the little dress. Adams Family Values. Christina Ritchie's got nothing on Lee Marvin. My people will be put on reservations. Your people will drink highballs. <laughs> uh, but that does sound like something his character in this movie would say. Yeah, guys. yeah the, the Anansi sort of archetype, which Bugs Bunny. And, oh, he's and, a trickster. Yeah, the, oh, the, yeah. The, I was the, thinking the about him spirit. as Bugs Bunny earlier, actually. Absolutely. Or Br'er Rabbit, which is an Anansi uh, takeoff yeah. as yes. well. Uh, and uh, I love that, and we don't have enough of that character archetype in movies anymore. It's all no. it's all Greek myths. We don't get enough it's of, of all that fucking, trickster well, It's shit. all just yeah. like... Tony Stark snark. Exactly, like instead of actually yeah. being like clever or yeah. anything, it's just yeah. like I'm gonna be sarcastic. He also has real Ron Perlman uh, yes. energy oh. in this as well. Ron Perlman would be a great either a number one or, or Shaq. Shaq. Or Shaq. I was gonna say yeah. he could play either. He could do he, either one. <laughs> let's do an uh, Eddie Murphy Mike Myers both. thing where he plays all the characters. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. Oh, I will fucking s- watch I, the shit out of it. I will say, aside from how much they hate each other. The dynamic between A Number One and Cigarette reminded me a lot of Shrek and Donkey. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, kind yes. of. But Donkey redeems himself. Donkey redeems yes. himself. It's, it would be like... Donkey is annoying, but he's just a dumb idiot. Cigarette mm-hmm. is, a, is a dick. Yes. But, uh, yeah, no, if, if Shrek ended with Shrek mercy-killing Donkey, it would be a lot closer. 
That's not how this movie ends. I'm not spoiling anything. No. Yeah. Uh, cigarette follows suit, but is caught by rail yard workers. The rest of the workers do their best to fight the fire. Shaq hops in the car, which is still flaming. Yep. And he's looking <laughs> he's for the crazy. hobos. He's crazy. And he finds none. Oh, is that what he... Okay, he was looking for Yeah, he was for looking them. for that. Yeah. He was, that he makes was, sense now. I'm like, why though? Because that's how fucking intense he is. Mm-hmm. That's how no chill he has. I will not let my kill escape. I got because it was because he was insane. That's why he was jumping in. But I was like, yeah. what's his fucking plan? I, did, I kind of... Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. we know that he left. They don't, obviously. And, exactly. Yeah, exactly. that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, when Shaq gets off, this real, <laughs> this real yard worker... The Yardlet, as he is called. Uh, he's a younger man, um, mm. so he is the Yardlet. Uh, Shaq is hacking and coughing, and the man's yes. laughing at him. Shaq balls him out. Yes. And Borgnine just so, he's so bug-eyed and intense and so, just like. Oh. So good. And you can just, and we'll see evidence of this very soon, but it's clear that, like, everybody fucking hates Shaq. Oh, yeah. But yeah. everyone is also terrified of Shaq. Yes. Yes. Like, Everyone. Every single one. I also love, this is something I saw in the background, but there's a guy with water, like in a bucket and everything, mm-hmm. and he's taking his hand out and he's scooping water to throw at it. <laughs> the whole thing's on Are fucking... Are you sure that wasn't sand? Oh, maybe. Because they talk about... Uh, the it looked of, like water. Though. One of the rail yard people in charge was like, uh, get get extinguishers, get sand, get water, like all these different things. Even still, but like if you have a bucket full of thing and the whole thing's on fire, why would you be scooping something out? Why would you just throw the bucket? Well, if it's sand, you need to spread it around. Okay, that's fair. I was pretty sure it was water, but I don't know. You I, have um... bad eyes. <laughs> okay. You do. You were complaining about the fog scene that's coming. Oh, yeah. I'm going to complain about that all day long. So did Ernest Borgnine. Oh, did he? Good. We'll get to it. I can't see my penis to masturbate a lot. (laughs) Well, you you did say uh, 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 earlier the shot gets off, and I was like, yeah, he did. (laughs) (laughs) I bet Ernest Borgnine just came ropes and ropes. Just like... (laughs) That's how they should have fought the fires, just with his jizzle. A few other rail rail yard workers say that no tramp has ever ridden Shaq's train. Mm Mm-hmm. Unless they already have. Cigarette is being detained by the rail yard workers. He's talking about... He's talking big about hopping the 19. Mm -hmm. He even says he went face-to-face with Shaq. He also lies about setting the fire. Turns out the rail workers don't like Shaq either, and they're happy to see him humiliated. Mm -hmm. They even send a hobo who's cleaning the... uh, Floors. Yes. Back to the hobo jungle with news that there's a new king of the road. Mm-hmm. Also, they're taking bets. And at this point, I'm not really sure what they're taking bets on. It was a little vague. Yes. Meanwhile, a number one drops in on the hobo jungle and sees his friend Smile, yes. who has his radio on in his shanty and is asleep while one of FDR's fireside chats mm-hmm. plays on the radio. And Smile is played by Liam Dunn. Which I looked up Liam Dunn, and he was in something I knew, but I don't think I was big I, enough I to write it down. Recognize anything? I've that seen I him as a character actor in a couple of things. I don't. I couldn't tell you what exactly. When Smile awakes, he's plenty tickled. He heard that a number one beat the Shack. Yeah, a number one. Good guy, a mensch all the way. He demurs and says he only went twenty miles in an empty stock car. That's just copping a feel. Exactly. Yeah. I love that line. Smile has a great monologue about how. Wonderful settling down has been in one spot. Like he has his radio and he goes on so many adventures. Like uh, he he's uh, been with Harlow and all this mm-hmm. and Jack Harlow. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. With his KFC signature meal. Right. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Uh, after, Sm- after that, Smile rings a triangle to bring attention to the rest of the hobo jungle. He pronounces a number one, the Emperor of the North Pole. Mm. The road itself. Yeah. He rode on the 19. Also, I you guys have explained the context for what the Emperor of the North Pole is to yes. me now. That, yes. But it, it, going into the movie, I knew none of that context. Okay. okay. So I was going into this movie completely fresh. I had no, I don't know much about hobo culture. Mm-hmm. To me, it sort of felt like when you're watching all this, this the, the terminology that they keep throwing at you, sort of felt like watching... Like, to go back to Dune. It's, yeah, it's like watching like, Dune yeah. or, fantasy or Lord of the Rings. Where, like, they have their own... All you of the characters the back. in the universe already know everything about this, and you just haven't have to go with it. You need to yes. turn to the back of the book to the glossary. Exactly, and which... I dig that shit. So I that do made too. Me happy. Like, that made me happy. It, it really felt like we were immersed in hobo culture. Exactly. It almost reminded me of the movie The Vavitch <clears throat> by Robert Eggers. Sure. I hate it when you say it like it that. It is that. If you look That's at the, the title, title, it is not just witch. The, it's a stylized spelling of witch. It is not the Vavitch. Thank you, Billy. It is not the Vavitch. That is just when they had old typeset, they did not have a W. Uh-huh. They just did a double V. Okay. So the Vavitch, it sounds a lot like... <laughs> You're fucking late. But uh, but that kind of um, northeastern is that yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Um, well, that accent and everything where yes. you really do need caption to watch that movie because sure. half of it is that and everything. It reminded me of that kind of idea almost. Sure, for sure, yeah. But you you know that. Even if you don't know the context that we just gave, that we've given you on the show about what the Emperor of the North Pole is, mm-hmm. you know that it's good because Smile's yeah. like, he's the Emperor of the North Pole! Yes. Like, that's a yeah. good yeah. thing! He's the winner of the Cramby Derby! <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know, it's just some made-up made up shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to declare a number one, my Uncle Phil, our highest honor! <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but here's what I love. A number one is not above embroidering his story himself. No, sure. When asked about Shaq's hammer, he says it's mostly for show, mm-hmm. yeah. which we know it's not. No, it's not. Because we've seen brutal murder. He says you mostly have to watch out for his hands, he says. Yeah. Good line. Back in the rail yard, it seems that the workers are going to bet Cracker, one of Shaq's crew, who is... What an unfortunate name. <laughs> he's the brake man, I believe. If, if Wait, is he the black man? No, that's Coley. Thank God. I was going to say, if it's a black man cracker in the movie, no. the only black man in the movie. I'm no, really there's sure. a bunch of black hobos. Is there? there are okay, couple, I didn't see any. Uh, but he's the only one who talks. Yes. yes. Uh, if Lee Marvin is Bugs Bunny in this movie, uh, Ernest Borgnine is a little bit not silly enough to be Elmer like Fudd. Uh, to be Elmer Fudd. That's Cracker's role. Cracker, Cracker is definitely yes. Elmer Cracker yes. is Wiley e. Coyote. He's, yes, he's, yes uh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll get into the Good actor who plays Cracker you. in a bit. Yeah, I was wondering what else he was in because I definitely uh, saw him. He's been in a bunch something. of. He has a very distinct face. But they're going to bet Cracker. It seems like they're going to bet Cracker. Like, hey, you think no one has ridden the nineteen? Mm-hmm. Well, hey, guess what? After you place this bet, we got this mm-hmm. hobo who says he did. But Cracker's willing to lay 50 bucks. Back in the jungle, the bow that the rail yard worker sent to spread the news mm-hmm. says yes. that A number one didn't beat the shack. Some kid did, and number one messed it up. Mm. A number one pulls a flaming metal rod from the yes. fire yeah. and uh, sticks in his face, and the bow falls to the ground. In the background, we hear one tramp calmly say, Careful, he carries a knife. Someone even more blase says, you ain't telling him nothing he don't. But it just builds the world. Like Yes. Yeah, that, I didn't like, even hear those kinds of things. Even though yeah. even though A number one is traveling everywhere, like they know each other. 
Yeah. Um, there's a community. There legends raised, like news mm-hmm. raised, like we don't even know this fucking hobo's name that comes yeah. to deliver this news, but we know he carries a knife. We don't even see this fucking knife because no. this bow's too fucking scared to pull it. A number one walks away. A number one doesn't look for fights. He finds a young bow mining a wooden rail yard tower. A number one wants the bow to tag it. A number one to Portland on the 19. He's going to tell the whole world his intention. Like, well, I just love that he puts this up on a water tower, and it's like, what? Are you going to have a fucking telescope to read that? Well, it seems, it seems to be a thing. Like, if you want to yeah. know where a bow is going, like, yeah. if you're looking for your guy. Also, it's October 24th when this is happening, and I think every October 24th should be known as A number one day. <laughs> <laughs> and here I, I point out, Robert Aldrich tends to make dude movies. Sure. Not mm-hmm. just movies for dudes, mm-hmm. but movies that don't feature a lot of women. Yes. Except whatever uh, the exception, happened, Baby, Baby Jane, Jane yes. and Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. And it never occurred to me, like, I, I heard, I think something when I was reading Dirty Dozen that, like, mm-hmm. Robert Aldrich hates women. I don't think Robert Aldrich hates women. I think I don't he just. Think so. I think he's just telling. I think he's writing what he knows. I was not, just he's say not writing. That, yeah. He's not writing the scripts, but he's directing what he knows. Like sure. he's like, although whatever happened to Baby Jane is fucking amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's more comfortable with like I'm going to direct men mm-hmm. being manly men. I think Baby Jane was also one of his first movies he did. It it, it wasn't one of his first, but it it was certainly like one of his breakouts. Okay, because uh, yeah. he he's yeah. he's done so much that like. People don't even know about like he did a Sodom and Gomorrah movie. I Holy did. Shit. I did read about yeah. that. Yeah, which is supposed to not be very good. But I, I want to see Robert Aldrich's take on Sodom and Gomorrah. Sure. Same. Yeah. I'll just say we none of us know Robert Aldrich. We don't know anything about his personal life or anything. like that. I was just that. gonna say yeah. I don't. So know. we don't. So maybe he did hate women. We don't know. But like I never based, got that vibe though. Based on we're just picking this up from his artwork. Yeah. And based on the artwork that we've viewed, I don't think that. We think that he hates women. I think that he actually hates people who hate women. I think so too. Uh, like yeah, because yeah. in Kiss Me Deadly, the f- couple women there are are not treated well, yeah. and it's never a thing of like, yeah, get that bitch. Yeah, it's, it's always like, like, oh, Mike Hammer's a complete piece of shit. Exactly. Well, think of Telly Savalas' exactly. character. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Fucking maggot. Yeah. Uh, and and even in this movie, like the few fucking women, maggot. <laughs> fucking maggot. <laughs> there, there's there's this, a great scene with a woman in the scene in this movie, which I will not talk about till we get to it. Okay. But I will say that my wife walked in and lost her mind laughing when that scene <laughs> happened. So we'll get to it. Meanwhile, the yard workers are gassing up Cracker about how no one rides Shaq's train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Cracker is played by Charles Tyner. Who was a, in a, another Robert Aldrich movie, The Longest Yard? Mm-hmm. He was in Cool Hand Luke, Harold and Maude, The Outlaw Ooh. Josie Wales. They begin taking bets on whether or not a bow can ride or has ridden on Shaq's train. Mm-hmm. Cracker bets 50 bucks that it can't Ooh. be done. Ooh. As people are throwing down their money, Shaq comes in. I that, wrote, that was a great scene. I wrote down, fuck. <laughs> And now here's where a lesser a lesser writer or director would have Shaq freak out, would have mm-hmm. him fucking cuss people out, would have mm-hmm. him yell. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say a fucking word. No. no. But the rail yard workers just disperse. And Shaq approaches Cigarette, who is once again mouthing off. And I don't know when it happens, but I want to get this out of the way. There is, a Cigarette is sitting in a chair, yes. and at one point Shaq picks up the yes. fucking chair and slams it down, breaking it under mm-hmm. Cigarette. Yeah. 
But Shaq calls him a tenderfoot. He's no bow. Only one bow has the stuff to try Shaq. And cigarette isn't even on the list. Which is a great line. And do you guys know what gets you to be able to do that? What? Masturbating a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, you, know, you need to really know yourself in order yes. to get a performance like that. Yeah. That's how he has the strong hands that can break a chair. <laughs> the movement that he does It's is... called the Suzuki method, and I use it with my penis. <laughs> he grabs the sides of the chair. He lifts it up, breaks it down. He has uh, this guy on the floor. He's like, He looks like he's about to mount him and fuck him like yeah. on the ground. Yeah. And then he... And then, he follows that up by lifting the whole, the remains of the chair and this child in uh, into the into the air in front of him, mm-hmm. and the camera focuses on his face as his fi- eyes bug out of his face in a way I have never seen happen to another human being, and he makes a face that reminded me of the crazy theatrical mask face that the guy makes an old boy. Yeah, yeah. and I wrote, I wrote yeah. down Ernest Borgnine needed to be an old boy. <laughs> <laughs> And you say child, but Keith Carradine's like mid twenties, and he's tall and lanky. Like, oh yeah, no, he's an this adult. This is a yeah. huge fucking power move. Like, in, oh yeah, in the presence of the mountain like, that is yeah. the shack, he's he child. is he is a tiny little waif. And uh, and this scene is so good, but my problem with it is that you, it's followed up by like fifteen minutes or something of just exposition, like drop, and it's uh. just it keeps having every character come up and say, hey. Did you know no one rides a Shaq's train? Did you know no one rides a Shaq's train? And it's just like, and then it I does, finally got, I was like, it does happen so a lot. I but get it. Here's my argument. Yeah, I really liked that because to me that is it's it's all. I understand that at this point in the movie we are 45 minutes into the film. Yes. Uh, so it's been a lot of buildup, but this is a man who made Dirty Dozen. He's all about buildup. Yes. Uh, so and the buildup is the best part of Dirty Dozen. Exactly. I was just gonna say the thing I love about Dirty Dozen is the buildup. We sure. talked about how yes. like who cares about the battle and everything. Exactly. For this movie, I guess it just didn't do it for me. Like sure, the buildup. That's fine. And I was just like, get to the fucking train I, and fight. I I just loved it because it's it's that sort of it's that very John Wicky kind of thing of like if you heard of the shack is like it's, it's the scene it's the opening scene of the dark knight is and it's like why do they call him the joker and it's like this the shack and, once yeah. killed a man with a fucking pencil i yes. also think and again ian is the young cat and I, I don't mean to play the age card i think us me and billy being older like <laughs> we work jobs we we know motherfuckers who don't like they don't kill people yeah. sure but they embody Shaq's energy. No, sure. Yeah, and it's fair. like, yeah, no, people talk about that shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, you dance around that shit and you live with that shit. And it's this establishment garbage. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just think... I'm not saying that if you watch this in ten years, you'll like it more. No, yeah. I yeah. just think you might Maybe understand it else. on a different level. Which I get that. Yeah, yeah, To me, this whole movie, and especially this first part, reminded me of when I was a kid listening to stories of John Henry and mm-hmm. um, story and, and, and Pecos It's Bill. a folktale. It's, yeah. it's a folktale. And, so, and, and a part of that is mythologizing the characters. So what you're looking at this movie that looks pretty realistic like it looks for the most part it's, it's not like streets of fire in the sense that like it, it doesn't we haven't tim burtonized these streets or anything no like no. it's it's a very realistically set movie so the way that they bring you into the tone and the sort of fairy tale vibe is by talking about it 
Yes. yes. And, and mythologizing the characters. And but at the same time, they, they do talk about it a lot. It, I, I, I get could, that. Shaq begins to strangle Cigarette until a worker comes in announcing mm. that A number one is going to ride to Portland on yeah. the 19th. <laughs> Shaq stops and leaves, saying he doesn't know A number one, but don't meet him. Mm. The workers begin betting again, and they spread the news across the fucking nation. They're on the telegraph. They're on the phone. Everyone's taking bets because everyone knows Shaq. Mm, They don't... I I love it. I love how much of a monster Mm -hmm. this man is. Like, even in an age where, like, to use a modern term, like, things don't go... Well, there's this weird thing with cultural history where for a while, everyone knew some things mm-hmm. like before television yeah like if you were a sort a part of an area you knew the legends yeah and then once television was advented everyone had this common cultural landscape yes and now everything is so dispersed there's so much media that people don't <laughs> know things so the idea that like we need to fucking get on the telegraph to tell people about yes. Shaq like yes. it, it is a big thing Absolutely. i think there's also a character who says something like I just love that people are too afraid of Shaq to do anything about it, but there is not a single person in this movie who is on board with anything about him. No. no, 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 no. <laughs> Except maybe Cracker. Except, no, no yeah, I, I would go with Cracker. Cracker, th- Cracker has this Cracker's sort of weird sort of... Cracker's just a fucking sycophant. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He really wants... Uh, what he can never have, which is uh, uh, Shaq's approval, because Shaq is, oh, doesn't we'll have get, any we'll get kind of warmth my, in his heart for anyone. No. My favorite Cracker Shaq scene comes up later. Cracker sure. Shaq scene. <laughs> You've heard of Cracker Jack. <laughs> now here's Cracker Shaq. Tin roof. Rusted. <laughs> the my- Cracker Shack is a little old place where we can kill a hobo. I've only seen this movie uh, yesterday, but I have already written like 300 pages of Cracker Shack fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> slash fiction. Slash fiction. Slash fiction, yeah. fiction specifically, yes. Oh, no, boss. I don't think it'll fit in there. <laughs> I'll teach you about how I stay young. <laughs> Masturbating. <laughs> this isn't the only hammer I have. <laughs> oh. On the train, Shaq has a. Uh, speaking of that, on the oh, train, speaking of what? <laughs> Shaq has an armory. Yes. He has yes. multiple yes. hammers oh. and a chain and an axe. Uh, well, the axe comes later. Is that later? Okay, I thought it was in the. He chooses the hammer, and he and Cracker begin to. Enter into Ian's least favorite part of this movie, <laughs> the fog sequence. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is a very foggy day. So I know why I don't like it, if I can tell sure. up front. Uh, and it's my fault. It's because I watched this movie, I think, at this scene, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, uh-huh. and I don't have blackout curtains. Okay. So I try, and then I think, so I think it was already hard to see. A lot of glare. But I think a lot of glare could have happened, too. Okay. So I should have watched it at night, but oh, I also was okay. busy because yesterday. Because I, to, I find this... So. Twenty minute sequence, very effective. Absolutely. If I could see it, it would be great. <laughs> so, and as I talked <laughs> earlier, like <laughs> as I talked earlier, like a number one, the bows love them. Sure. The bows fucking love them. They even help them pick the lock on mm-hmm. the track switch. Yeah. So good. A number one and Smile exchange a few words. Smile says this excitement almost makes him want to go back on the road. Mm. A number one says she's a big ride. <laughs> to which Smile says treat her right, Bo. Turn her upside down and says, made in hell. <laughs> I think that line hit me. That's a good line, though. That's, that's a, a I love line. it. Because, yeah. Oh, it's so good. 
so it's many lines so of this fucking, movie. I wrote I wrote down at one point Lee Marvin's one liners are better than Clint Eastwood's. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I I told you guys this after we all watched Dirty Dozen. Yeah. But I need I need to find out where my copy of Point Blank is. Sure. One of Lee Marvin's standout yeah, roles. Mm-hmm. Um like you get in that movie in Point Break mixed up, which could sure, not be yeah. differently, but you know how like <laughs> I want to see Lee Marvin surf. Absolutely. Well, no, what I was going to say is he's in that movie with Keanu Reeves and everything because I've never seen that movie either. Shaq talks to some rail official. Mm-hmm. There's a mail train doing soon on the same track, mm-hmm. but doesn't matter because Shaq is going to leave the yard at high speed. He's going to highball it. Ooh. Which yep. you don't do. You don't do and that. everyone's like, what? Don't do that! You're gonna yeah. kill us all. And Shaq, Shaq doesn't fucking care. No, because all that matters is no one gets a free ride. Shaq and rolls he, an intimidate check and just sort of does whatever he wants. I feel like every intimidate check Shaq does is a nat twenty. Yeah, he's he has yeah. advantage on all intimidation checks. Minus one versus seasoned hobos. Sure, right? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And again, like I want to stress this: yeah. mm-hmm. if someone rides Shaq's train, he doesn't lose anything. There, there is nothing that is taken away from him. No, he just has realized that he has been given a position where he can just kill someone. Yeah, mm-hmm. if they break some arbitrary rule. Mm-hmm. And yeah. again, these aren't like this isn't a passenger train. Like no, no one's sitting in someone's seat. Mm-hmm. No one's, and most of these cars seem empty. Every yeah. we never yeah. see anything filled in this train. Yeah, Shaq is just like they say. You're not supposed to be here. They say I can do anything to make you not be here. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Ernest Borgnine also hated the smog. The reason why he hated it was because he had just come off of making the Poseidon Adventure. (laughs) (laughs) He had just just gotten out of his... Yes. He had just just gotten out of his trailer, just a massive (laughs) J.O. sash. Does he play Poseidon? Looking at... No. No, it's a fucking movie about a boat. (laughs) How the hell would I do that? I just said... I literally just said, oh, the Poseidon Adventure, that's a movie? Like, no. Oh, it's about a fucking boat. No, the Poseidon Adventure, it's, the boat is called the Poseidon. Uh, okay. It's, it's one it, of the 70s disaster films. Turns upside uh, down. It, it's, it, the, the Poseidon ship crashes. And so most of that movie is Ernest Borgnine and several other characters wandering around the wreckage of a ship with smoke in their faces. Oh. And he had been breathing smoke in for a, a, several weeks oh, of it's filmmaking. A real, it's a real oh. Sally Hawkins and Paddington 2. Sure. Yeah. And he was like, I can't wait to get to King of the North next oh, I can't because wait for I'm going to be, be no smoke. I'm going to be filming outdoors. I'm going to get so much fresh air to recover oh. from this. And then the first thing they shot on Emperor of the North was all of the smog shit. Wow! And he spent so many weeks in the middle of the smog, and he was so mad. It's very foggy, mm-hmm. as we've established. Yes. A bunch of bows are lined up on the side of the track, not not trying to hide because they're not trying to jump. But they're all jeering Shaq, and this mm-hmm. must be Shaq's fucking nightmare. Like, oh, yeah. I told that in, part in is the great. chat. That part is great. And the chat, I was like, this is part of the point. This is Shaq's horror movie. Yes. Where it's like, all oh, these fucking vermin, all these fucking low lives are fucking mm-hmm. jeering me, and yeah. I can't fucking see them, and they're not doing anything yet. The hammer is intentional as a choice for his weapon. I yes. said this on Letterboxd recently. Yeah. He does not see these hobos as people. No. They are not him. He is a person. They are subhuman. They are vermin. They are rats. They are filth. They are bugs. He is literally squatting a pest. He's yeah. whacking a mole. He's whacking 
a mole. Yeah. And uh, it, that's a very intentional choice of weapon on his part. So, yes, when uh, these people are yelling at him. And, Just insults and, like, yeah. jokes and shit. Absolutely. I loved that part. But it was more the 20 minutes after that okay. that was sure. in the fog. Because I liked the jeering part and everything. But it was like, and I completely agree with you that, like, yes, it's this horror movie not being able to see. Well, it's going to I'd like to, to see a, what's going on. It's going sure. to continue to be a horror movie for me. Like, it becomes like a thriller sure. where, mm-hmm. with this situation where a I, mail truck is bearing down on mm-hmm. the same track that Shaq is on. And I will say, yeah. if you watch it in my poorly lit apartment where there's no light at all, yes. you can see a lot more. Okay. We've watched yeah. a lot of movies in that poorly lit apartment. <laughs> it is great mise-en-scene. It is. So I will say that oh. may be my problem with what the thing I was okay, sure. So I will, I will own up to that. So the train is going fast. Yes. But not fast enough for Shaq, even though the train is old and one of the crew insists that it can't take. She can't take it, Captain. She can't take it, Captain. But the bow switched the track. Yes. And the 19 goes down the wrong track and dumps in, and bumps into some, like, dormant, like, leftover train. As the 19 is stopped, the bows keep fucking calling from the woods. So good. And mocking yeah. voices about, better watch out, Shaq, the big bad bow's coming for ya. <laughs> And imagine you're this man, you have this uniform, you're, you're, you're well fed and you have this job and these just shiftless low lives are telling you like, oh, you you should be afraid of us because we're stronger than you. I'll tell you my favorite line from one of the bows in this scene is while, while they're just desperately trying to make sure this train is, is back up and running. One of them yells, we'll save you a place on the breadline, Shaq. Yes. I did hear that. That was Holy great. Yeah. shit. That sent chills through my body when yeah. you because said that. The, uh, because that's such a good insult, especially for the Great Depression. Like, this so idea good. that, like... And for Shaq in particular, who sees poor people as subhuman, yes. he's like, it's it's the zombie. It's the yes. vampire. You will become like us. And it's better... Dead it's... by dawn, Shaq. Dead by dawn. <laughs> <laughs> It's even better because if this collision happens, it's not really Shaq's fault. Like, really, these bows have caused a terrible. But you know who's going to hang for it? Shaq. Yes. So it's just this, like, it's just a nightmare for him. See, as much as I love, like, Shaq and everything in the movie, I kind of wish there was more complexity to his character. And I know know you said you like about how he's just that and everything, he's just an avatar of evil. Yeah, and I, I get Avatar, that. Like, he's just a fucking, he's a fucking train cop, like we said earlier. Yes, but I feel like you could have some kind of, maybe not even backstory, but just like Whoa, something was, there. Bo killed his parents. No, not that or anything, but just something that might add more, you know, like. Someone stole his mom's diabetes insulin pie off the windowsill and <laughs> she fucking died. Like, I don't know what you want. Well, I don't, character. There's no I don't need character. I ain't number one the character. But he doesn't have character. Here's just, here's it, here's my argument for it. Yeah. What, when I said that this character was in my head Ernest Borgnine's Peter Cushing performance. Okay. I think that it comes down to or, uh, Peter Cushing was meticulous about the work that he put into the he's why he's my favorite actor. He put so much work into everything that a character did. He yeah. he knew how a character would use a pencil. He knew how a character would dress. He knew how the character With would his treat. Hands. Right. He knew how, one leg at a time, like everyone else. He yeah. knew how a character the way we put our bras on. Right. He knew how much every character would masturbate. He he A lot. A lot. Every, every single one. And this and is why I'm, he's your favorite actor. Yes. <laughs> whenever I watch a movie I assume every character masturbates. Oh, a lot. Yes. yes. 
when the minute that uh, Ernest Borgnine walks onto screen in the openings thing, mm-hmm. he has his watch. He knows exactly where it is. Yes. He has his buttons. He has the thing. He has the collar. He's. I feel like, to my in my head, that's everything I needed to yes. make him a person. I know. Okay. I know who he is because he's a person who's been like you said, Brad. He's been given this little stretch of, of land, this little mm. stretch of property to be the the master and commander of, even though he literally is not. He doesn't own yeah. um, And he is going to keep everything that he has within his power in such meticulous precision because it makes him feel like he's in control. And, he, and everything that's out of his control is like a burning is like a burning gnat drilling into his back. Okay, yeah. two things. Yeah. One, in my letterbox review, I compared him to a Cormac McCarthy character. Mm-hmm. And sure. what you just said reminded me of my all-time favorite Cormac McCarthy quote, and I hope I'm not butchering this. Sure. Because otherwise I'd be misremembering it for 20-some years. Sure. But the judge in Blood Meridian says, everything that exists without my knowledge exists without my consent. There you go. Which is the most fucking chilling line. I the need fucker. to read Blood Meridian. The fucking it's rough. The fucking um, famous Cardinal Richelieu quote, I don't have enemies, France has enemies. Yes. Yes. I know that one. Second, it's also, not only is Shaq meticulous, but we realize that he has to do his job well, otherwise he won't be able to continue killing bows! <laughs> Yeah, like that's his entire uh, reason. Like, yeah. it's like that's true. Like, I get it. I get yeah. that you want more. I get that you want more complexity. I think I just want more Shaq in the movie. If that uh, makes who sense. Who doesn't want more Shaq? That, I think that's. A, I, think, I, I agree with that. I think as much as I love Lee Marvin, you and want I've, you want a CW prequel about Shaq's yes! younger life. Well, not now. Not not now that Ernest Borgnine's dead. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want, no, we need we need Ernest wanted, Borgnine. You want Ernest Borgnine to play young Shaq as yes. well as. Yes. Current Dacia. You want him in like a propeller beanie and like uh, short pants. <laughs> yes. See? And a big lollipop. Did you just go into my mind? This is yeah. my vision right in front of me. I, I will say this. Yeah. Um, I t- I stuck a, a, a baseball card in my bike spoke so it sounds like a machine gun. To, to relate it to something close to both you and Brad. Yeah. To me, knowing more about Shaq is like wanting to know more about Nurse Ratchet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. that's how I would compare well, it. Well, here's the thing: is they made an entire fucking nurse. That's what I'm show. saying, and nobody liked it. Some oh, people, like some it. people really like. Oh, okay. No, I mind. didn't watch it, so I can't make a okay. thing. But but my no point, one remembers it. It doesn't. Exist no one remembers it. The, that is true. The, uh, yeah. Geist. Um. But like, I love Lee Marvin as an actor. From what I've seen, everything. I think he is one of, if not the best parts of the Dirty Dozen and everything. Sure. But I don't know. And I, I, like, he has great one-liners in here. But again, I don't really give him credit for that. It's more the writing and everything. Mm -hmm. Sure. Though he does have good delivery, but like his role, and I get this is something that we'll disagree on, is just so boring to me. And everything that he's, you know, he's the old guy and everything. And I think it's just because you have this amazing character of Shaq in the movie that it overshadows everything else. I think part of it is also, again, what I talked about, how masculinity has changed Mm -hmm. from 1973 to now. You're much younger than Billy and I. Yeah. And it's not that <laughs> Billy and I are the butchest people alive. No. But we still have this carryover. <laughs> Billy's idea. crying now because Brad insulted Billy's butchness. <laughs> Billy's crying into his panties. <laughs> but it's Billy like, is a butch boy and no one will tell him off differently. Yeah, a butch boy. I, I feel like Billy and I are much more have been much more immersed and inculcated 
into the ideas of masculinity. Yeah. Where when we watch Lee Marvin, we're like, this is the dude. <laughs> From the big this, no, just like this uh, is the general, man, yeah. dude. This is just yeah. like this is the guy of guys. This guy's being dudes. Exactly. Like, do you yeah. want Billy? You don't need to agree with me, but do you understand what I'm saying? I, I understand what you're saying. I don't know that I'm I'm uh, on the same page with you about that necessarily, just because um, I I think what what. I don't know why I like Lee Marvin's character. I, I, I don't, don't either. I, I don't know if I could put it into maybe it is what Brad's saying. Maybe maybe, maybe. he's cracked the code. Like he, I don't know. Well, I don't know just, why I like him in Dirty Dozen either because he's a hateful asshole in that. Like I hate the military and like that and everything. Well, but he know. hates the military. Exactly. That's true. That's, that's, that's true. what makes he's like. Hey, point. you're an asshole, but you're my asshole. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's, that's why you like him. In he Dirty just Dozen. has charisma. In and he has charisma. Yeah, but it's just this. It's like Clint Eastwood, but also without the Republicanness, because Lee Marvin exactly, was like yes. he, he's, a yeah. pure, he's a more pure. He's a more pure asshole. Yes, like yeah. he's, 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 he's bleached. And, and, I hate that. <laughs> I just want to go on record and say I hated that. <laughs> I would like to leave. Okay. <laughs> Let's keep going. I'm calling you an Uber. Keep recording while we wait. <laughs> yeah. All well, right. Ian drew, drove here, so his car's just kind <laughs> of... don't need to know that. <laughs> I don't know how to drive. <laughs> That's how young he is. That's how young he is. I'm right four now. years old. Oh, God. No, this is You should not be on this show. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Moving on. Moving yes. on. Moving on. So, the 19 become, begins backing up. Yes. yes. But they only have six minutes before the mail train comes yes. and has a head-on collision with them. Mm-hmm. Shaq even shouts out to a number one, like, there's a fucking train coming yeah. that's going to kill us all and kill right. everyone on the mail train. Yeah. And then number one's like, sounds like a ghost story. Yeah. yeah. And again, I want to point out, Shaq is making this a number one's problem. Yes. He's mm-hmm. part of this. Part of the reason why they're in this situation is because he was so against having a number one on his train yes. in the first place. He put them in the situation. And isn't that just like a fucking boss? Yeah. <laughs> isn't True, that just like isn't a it? fucking boss? But isn't it? There's this wonderful ticking clock element to this where yes. it's like, I feel like now that trains aren't like ubiquitous, it's less understandable. Unless I love trains so much. I, I like trains too. This I want to itch to scratch. I like twins. I, I, I like twins. I like twins. It really fucked your train pussy really fucked my train pole yeah i'm uncomfortable um, again <laughs> the uber's coming I know. <laughs> but a number one is still body we keep thinking like any minute a number one's gonna jump on this yes. train yeah. he doesn't he just hangs on the fringes yeah. taunting shack the hobo chorus continues to jeer one of them tells shack he has as much chance as a one-legged man and an ass kicking i got it right there in that <laughs> quote too that's also good such a good quote yeah and a mat like oh and i bet shack's just like profanity <laughs> <laughs> he would he would the 19 begins to reverse as cracker and shack run the length looking for tramps Four minutes left. Finally, A number one hops aboard. Cracker is screaming to Shaq about it. Shaq spots A number one and lashes at him with his chain. Mm -hmm. A number one undoes the coupling between cars and hops off again. Shaq screams at A number one that the mail train will be coming and a head-on collision will occur. Yes. The crew. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Shaq, Mar- uh, uh, A number one says, I'm riding this train or this train doesn't go. Basically, I don't give a shit. Yeah. 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 The crew hear the whistle of the mail train. We can't see it through the fog yet, but yeah. we can hear the whistle. Uh-huh. But the train is like stalled. Like shark and jaws. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it is. Yeah. 
They get it. Oh, it is. You hate the sequence. <laughs> I said there's good parts to it. <laughs> I don't think it needs to go on for 20 minutes. They get the train going, and A number one just fucking casually strolls out of the wood alongside the train. Shaq can't stop because if he does, they will all die. Mm. Brilliant plan. Brilliant fucked up plan. Like yeah. this is this is some World War Two like. Yeah, we can all die or we cannot. Yes, exactly. A number one casually gets aboard and hides in a big metal pipe. And here's where I realize that this is the perfect Mario Brothers movie. (laughs) Are you talking about the long, the pipes? Yeah, the long (laughs) pipe. He hides in a pipe. People throw hammers. Jesus There are hammers. The hobos look like Koopas. <laughs> this is this is Robert Aldrich's Mario Brothers. Ernest Borgnine does kind of look like Bowser. I was just going to say, <laughs> Ernest Borgnine should have played Bowser. Oh my god, he should have. That would have been perfect casting. Oh my god. Get his corpse out Speaking to do of people it. who could play either one, he could play or he could play Bowser or Mario. He could, yeah. He would have rocked both. I would love Lee Mario and Mario. shorter than Cigarette, who is obviously Luigi. There you go. Although yes. I like Luigi more yeah, than Yeah, but I love Cigarette. Luigi. Yeah, yeah Luigi exactly. is the fucking king of that team. Oh, no, uh, Cigarette is Toad. There you go, yes. Because no one likes fucking Toad. Yeah, your princess is in another... Your princess is in another castle, you know one? We don't need to litigate this right now. (laughs) The mail train and the 19 are headed for each other, and the 19 just barely avoids it. It's so good. Like, they just barely reach the switch where they go off on the other track, and... uh, Shaq and his fire, the fireman, the black man, the um, Coley, as they call him. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I just thought how bad for that name is. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, well, hold on. (laughs) Whoa. Hold on, hold on. Yes, it is bad, but he's also shoveling coal. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's the name of the job. He's the fireman. There's a way to take it wrong. Yeah. Things are going to get real tender with Coley at the end. Like, I love this part. Yeah. Good pun, though. The fog is still so sick. So thick, they can't see the mail train coming until it's so close. Mm -hmm. And it's the middle of the movie. We know that everyone isn't going to die in a train collision. I still find this a harrowing and effective sequence. I... mm. Sometimes I could see it. So it would have been great. great. Somet- you, believe me, it was. Oh, if I could have seen it, oh. Sometimes... And yeah, shell of my oyster. This is something that I need to remind myself of constantly while yeah, watching yeah. because I've seen so many movies and I know narrative structure. It's like, yeah. it's not always about will they get out of it. Yeah, exactly. It's about how, how they will get out exactly. of it. Exactly. I am always willing to let a movie take me somewhere. Yeah. I just want them to take some me somewhere uh, that I'm going Sexy. to enjoy. Yes. Uh, if I'm going to shine. <laughs> I just want them to take me someplace <laughs> I want to know that I'm being handled by an expert lover. So I don't mind when people, characters I know are going to survive the movie, are in dire situations and Mm -hmm. get out. I don't mind that because for me it's part of the journey. And this was an expertly crafted sequence. This scene was so fucking good. Uh, And I I, I enjoyed it so much. Right after I watched it, I stopped the movie and masturbated a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uber! Where are you? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that when you call an Uber, you literally call yeah. Uber. <laughs> you yodel for Uber. <laughs> so, that's not a real yodel. You gotta try harder. That's not a real yodel. Um, my Ernest Borgnine is between Peter Falk and Ernest Borgnine. 
because Peter Falk is the only impression I can do. Um, I can't do any, so you're one up on well, me. Well, that's why we hate you. <laughs> I know. That's why I hate myself. Oh. Oh. Yeah, no, We're kidding. Rich Little. Yeah. <laughs> Cracker goes searching for any stowaways, and we see cigarette hit. Oh, boo, cigarette. Boo, cigarette. Has boo. made on board, too. My note, his- my note when he showed up is, oh, good, this annoying piece of shit is still in the movie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Do you know who it reminds me of? Yeah, I forget who the actor's name is. That's great. I can say it again. Um, is the guy in the new Indiana Jones, but not the new one. The the fourth one. Came in the Shia LaBeouf? Skull. Yes. Yeah. That's who it reminds me he of. He does have Shia LaBeouf energy. Now, Fuck. Yes, he does. That was an awful remark of trying to say, but like. I would say Keith Carradine is a better actor than Shia LaBeouf. Oh, of though. course. Yeah. The person he reminded me most of just because of the like his physical appearance was. Um, not the bald one, but the other one of the two comedy pirates in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh! oh the, the, the wooden eye. Oh, yeah, that's uh, a good... The dude who played the Dwight character in the, the office, office. In the British in office. The British oh, office. Oh, oh, is that the same actor? Same actor. Uh, Never those yes. two. Mackenzie something. Cigarette. Boo! His hat might have tipped off Cracker. In almost like a laugh-in-like sequence, both A number one and Cigarette poke their heads out of their respective pipes. <laughs> <laughs> A number one pulls out a fucking straight razor, and yes. I wish he used this more. Uh, I love a straight razor. How do you say he? I wish he used it on cigarette at this moment. I yeah, I, no, I do wish say. he would. To Ian's point, though, the only thing that could have made this better is if he pulled out the chicken. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> but instead of slicing up a bitch, yeah, uh, A number one tells him to grease up the razor. Yes, yes. because as we're about to see, A number one has suffered a gnarly ass burn. This on his back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. I didn't like the makeup. <laughs> I did not like. It looked like very real. Yeah, no, it looked. That's gnarly. why I didn't like it. Though. It, it, but, it, it um, was effective. It just affected you in a way you didn't like. Absolutely, yeah, I get it. Uh, the way it was intended. Right. Yes, they grease up the razor and. I love this bow shit. I love this, like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, I just burned myself hiding on a train in yeah. a fucking hot-ass metal pipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, use some fucking junction grease, and I'm going to spread it like fucking mm-hmm. Marmite Ugh. on my Ugh. goddamn burn. I hated it. It's like the equivalent of, like, a movie where you see, like, a street tough be like, oh, my God, I got I got cut up. Let me get some duct tape and just, like, Let me tie this, bite my arm off. Shit. Yeah, sure. that's the way the ghetto works. Right, you sure. got it. The train stops on a high rail bridge, and the crew once again search for the bows. Cigarette with his terrible, ugly bowl cut. Here's where I notice just how fucking terrible Cigarette's haircut is. Yeah. It's just, he looks like a sub-Forrest Gump. (laughs) Forrest Gump had a better haircut than Cigarette does. Just imagine John Cassavetes in the role. He it's, does have a similar haircut to John Cassavetes I mean, he has that in too, Dirty yeah. Dozen, That's actually. True. That's what yeah. I'm saying, is I that, think that he tried, he wanted to cast John Cassavetes in that role. They, have, they both have that high, like, above-the-ear, yeah. like, cut. Like, this is completely just, you know, me making shit up at the moment. Right. But it's like, think, 67, and then this is 73. Yeah. Cassavetes would have been making his movies at that time. Yeah. A yeah. Woman Under the Influence, all those. Uh, so husbands. he would have been a huge director at the moment, so he really wouldn't probably have come back for a small His act. balls would have been too big to fit through Robert Aldridge's door. That's what I'm thinking, <laughs> is it's almost like he wrote this role for John Cassavetes. I would have loved John Cassavetes in I this think role. my only complaint with John Cassavetes is I think he's honestly too charming to play this part. I feel like... But I would have liked that. He would sell the lies. Hated. That's the problem. He would yeah. sell the See, lies. That's exactly what I'm saying is because he would sell the lies, but he's also charming enough to watch. Like, okay, fair enough. I yeah. have nothing against gotcha. Keith Carradine as an actor, but uh-huh. he's 
fucking... As a person, though, fucking Nazi, I heard. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not really. I'm needlessly slandering Keith yeah, Carradine. Right, gotcha. He's for comedy. He's probably dead. He, but... I hope so. <laughs> Jesus. That fucking Nazi. <laughs> Uh, but, like, there's nothing against Keith Carradine, but, like, his character is so fucking annoying, but you get someone yeah. charming, but also kind of a prick. It sure, sure. That's sure. what I'm trying to do with that. the Cassavetes thing. Again, we need to not believe any of the bullshit that sure. is, is, is mm-hmm. spreading around. Like, mm-hmm. and, like, uh, I don't know. I am happy how it ends. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I think, I think, God, that I think both of you are right. Thank you. Uh, thank you. We'll cut the baby in half. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'll take the top half. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, we're but cutting... I didn't specify half, so it's my baby and I win. <laughs> well, you come out a vertical horse cut? Yeah, we're cutting I'm talking ways. about diagonal. I'm talking <laughs> oh, about a pizza cut. God. <laughs> Start from the big toe, go up to uh, the forehead. All right. Uber. <laughs> That's going to be my new catchphrase in this podcast. Yeah. We'll put it on. So Cigarette <laughs> is now very awkwardly and clumsily descending the rail bridge. Yes. Mm-hmm. As the train is reversing slowly so, so Shaq can check every car personally. He finds nothing, and this is the moment I was talking about earlier. He starts to bowl out Cracker about whether or not he saw anything. Yes. Uh, Did you see a hat? No, you didn't see a hat. And Cracker's like, Okay, maybe maybe I didn't see a hat. And Shaq goes, "Bullshit! You saw a goddamn hat." <laughs> this scene is great. Like, oh my God, and so the whole good. time, and before that, there's a there's a uh, an extended while he's climbing down the thing. There's an extended sequence of Shaq and Cracker searching the train. And there's one bit that I absolutely adore, where uh, Cracker and Shaq opened two doors on uh, the same car on either side and they're just looking at each other and Cracker is just like shaking in his boots like shaking in his skin almost yes. because and, he's the one who told Shaq yeah. that like oh there are bows aboard exactly um, and, sh- and, and it cuts back to Borgnine looking at him and Borgnine is an extremely charming performer oh yes yeah. there is. is none of that here no. he, he has Again, sapped it's all it's just I, this he, is this is a comedic moment where we're kind of laughing at how scared Cracker is, but at the same time, Borgnine isn't playing it for comedy. He's playing mm-hmm. it with no sense of humor, no wink, no twinkle, because the only time that Shaq laughs is when he gets to inflict pain, yes. and right now that yeah. is being denied him. Yeah. Yes, and like again, like again, yeah. it, it, it's. This is more of the character you wanted from Shaq, where it's like, yeah. you can tell me something, and I'll tell you it's wrong, but then I'll tell you it's fucking right. Mm-hmm. Because if it's, like, it's it's so insane. Yeah. It's so insane. And it's also the infuriating nature of establishment, where yes. it's like, mm-hmm. maybe I was wrong. No, you have to be right, unless I want you to be wrong. And that's why mm-hmm. my favorite thing about the movie is Shaq. Like yes, easily, absolutely. Like, he is great. He's an incredible it. character. He, he is. And he Ernest Borg, like a Ur- very interesting character. Uh, yeah. Not that I ever thought Ernest Borgnine was a bad actor, but this yeah. is like his tour de force performance. Like this I would is. Oh that. yeah, I would agree with that. This Maybe is, Marty. I haven't seen it. But, again, like, I, I did. No, I haven't seen Marty. But yeah. my my feelings about Marty is that it's very like. Uh, I think it's very Oscar-y. Uh, I I. I Imagine it's a very sweet romance. Yeah, like uh, I Does don't. Does he play the romantic lead in it? Yeah, yes, he he's the lead. Uh, he's about. It's I feel about. That just makes me laugh. That <laughs> was the point of the movie. The point. Yeah, of the movie he's was, a lonely oh. butcher. He feels. He feels like he's the ugliest guy in the town, and Aww. there would be no way that he could ever find love. And then he does. That actually is so cute. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I really want to see it. Just like I want to see his. That was probably his like most prestigious acting moment. Sure. Yeah. This is his 
bad. I feel like I would have a lot more respect for both Eli Roth and Rob Zombie if any of them had ever made a Hobos on Trains movie. Mm. Yeah. Sid Haig mean, could be in it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Except he's, he's dead. dead. Except he? he's dead. Yes. R.I.P. Sid Haig. So one of my favorite moments in the movie, mm-hmm. as Cigarette scrambles down the bridge in a wooded slope, he just sees a number one lounging in this junk pile, smoking his stogie. Cigarette slips and falls down the hill. And this is, here, might be my second favorite scene in the movie. Continue. And for a moment, a number one actually seems concerned about Cigarette. He, he sort of like starts, he sort of like lifts himself up and he's mm-hmm. like, oh shit, you okay, kid? Yeah. He doesn't say that, but he. he That's like, the vibe. It's yes. a very yeah. subtle thing. It's great acting by Lee Marvin. Exactly. When Cigarette joins him, A number one says, Like I was telling you, there was a day a dump has quality. By God, trash in this country has gone to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Marvin is Oscar the Grouch. Cigarette calls A number one a son of a bitch. To which A number one replies, I thought we was buddies. <laughs> and before that, he has this silent moment where he looks behind him to be like, is that is there a son of a bitch behind me? And then looks back and points at himself with like oh. this wounded little like, and he's like, I thought we was buddies. See, here's the gradient of like tough guy actors. <laughs> John Wayne, I don't think, could act for shit. No. I fucking hate John I, yeah, Wayne. Yeah, I, I don't. I hate John I like, Wayne. I, some of his movies I like. I like Rio Bravo. Mm-hmm. But that's not because of John Wayne. I heard The Searchers is good. But Searchers again, is not Searchers great. Is great. Lee Marvin is a tough dude who could also act. Like, he, yes. could, he can sell his shit. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's in a movie with Clint Eastwood, too, which surprises me. He's, <laughs> he's in a movie with in... John Wayne. Is he? Yes. Well, hold on. Hold on. Lee Marvin is in Paint Your Wagon oh. with Clint Eastwood, which is a musical. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I didn't you, know that. Do you guys not know about Paint no, Your Wagon? No. I feel like you've told this, me about this before. This three-hour musical starring Clint Eastwood oh, and Lee yeah. Marvin. Is this real? Yes. Is it a Western musical? Yes. They're in a, like a, mu- the in a, in a bull prospecting town <laughs> called No Name City. I don't remember if it's three hours. It might not be three hours. It felt like I just three hours. <laughs> I just know. Is it bad? I watched it when I was like. 18 Why? and I enjoyed it just because I love Clint Eastwood <laughs> sure, and yeah. Lee Marvin and they were singing and that yeah. it Kinda tickled me fun. when celebrities sang right maybe that's something to bring on the show I guess like, that's fucking wild, Lee Marvin man. has I, I actually really enjoy Lee Marvin's big song Wandering Star oh well, okay this I was born under a Sure, it's not Tom Waits. Um, it sounds like a song that would be about a number one, actually. Yes, yes. it actually is. Coming back to the oh, oh here's okay. the other weird thing about Paint Your Wagon. Oh God, is uh, this is all getting cut. The yeah. main focus of the movie is that Clint Eastwood and Lee Marvin are both married to the same woman. What the fuck? Oh wow! Yeah, awesome. All Coming right. back to the uh, the movie as well. When you said about Lee Marvin and musical, surpri- uh, reminded me of we talked a lot about Ernest Borgnine being an Oscar winner for Marty and everything. Yes. Uh, Lee Marvin also won an Oscar for Cat Baloo. Yes, he did, which, which is I've never bizarre. Seen. I've seen Cat Baloo. It is fun. The reason it why I know it fine, is fine, but it is not Oscar worthy. Mm. It's one of. Do you guys see the things? He on- plays a dual role. Cigarette is upset that A Number One left him to get hammered by Shaq, and he's fixing to brawl A Number One. But A Number One has no fucking interest in this fight. Exactly. He's just like, there's no. 
second where he's like, mm -hmm. I need to fight this kid. Is yes. this before the Where's Waldo shot or that already happened? I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No, sorry. There's a scene where basically uh, it's they already have left the train, right? Where we're at? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he can't find Lee Marvin and everything. And it shows this shot in the desert and everything. And you see like maybe something in the very distance that like, might be Lee Marvin. And then the camera zooms directly in to show that it's Lee Marvin. Is he sitting back on? Some yes, crash he's sitting. Like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, can't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this maybe is it was part. just my bad eyesight, but when I saw it, I didn't see him, mm -hmm. and I just saw a desert, and then it zoomed in to show him. You keep so saying keep... desert. There are no deserts. This is the. Is it not a desert kind of Pacific thing? Northwest, my man? Okay, well, it looked like it's, you a, know, it's a pile of trash. It, it's, it's a bunch of trash. It's a bunch like, of trash. Like, oh, bunch okay. Of, like industrial uh, rail yard debris. But like you don't see him, and then you zoom in and see him, and see that he's lounging. Yeah, I thought it was a weird water shot, but I thought the shot was cool. Yeah, it's a good shot. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Yeah. No, we're all proud of you. Why <laughs> you act like I'm a four-year-old now? <laughs> I, just, I just want to encourage you in all your endeavors. Uber. Uh, <laughs> so, seeing that A number one has no interest in fighting, uh, a fight that Cigarette, I'm sure, knew he would lose, yeah. like, even if it did happen. Yeah. It's hard to under it's, it's hard to fully know how much of his own bullshit Cigarette believes. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a point. very good yeah. point. But Cigarette starts talking about how they'll give him something to talk about. Let's give him something to talk about. How about trains? That's my favorite hobo song. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah. Shania, I don't know who fucking says I think it was Shania, think it was Shania <laughs> Queen. I don't know. That's my favorite artist, Shania. Who the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that's Shania Twain's hobo name. Shania. She's like, oh, no, I need to go undercover. I'm Shania. Who the fuck, fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Sister Act, but it's... <laughs> So uh, they'll ride the 19 together and kill Shaq. Mm. A number one tells the kid to walk on, head north to Montreal. Cigarette says he's been bumming for five years. Mm. He has his name on towers from Seattle to Miami. A number one puts him in place with an amazing monologue that I'm going to read. Great quote. Verbatim. Go for it. Read it. You ain't stopping at this hotel, kid. Mm. My hotel. The stars at night, I put them there. And I know the presidents, all of them. And I go where I damn well please. Even the chairman of the New York Central can't do it better. My road, kid. And I don't give lessons and I don't take partners. And your ass don't ride this train. Which is a great quote. <sighs> which I want to first off say it's a great quote. Which I actually wrote here. This is a great quote. But then it gets... Uh, ruined for me is they play this shitty folk music after it. Like it's not even like the other music. It just, it'd just be this da -da 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 I, and everything. And I was just like, what the fuck is this after this great quote and everything? I sure. didn't notice and it didn't bother. Okay, me. so that yeah. might have just been something that hit me. But I think the quote's great. Oh, but... it's it's amazing. My one problem mm -hmm. is I'm unsure. When A number one says he knows the presidents, does yeah. he mean personally or he can name all the presidents? <laughs> Up to that point. I read as naming presidents. Okay. Either's impressive. Like, either sure. I'm like... I took it as a sort of, like, um, because he talks about, like, putting the stars in the sky. Which like, we, it's a bigger boast than just knowing them. He has shaken hands with, like, Teddy Roosevelt. Even more yeah. than that, I feel like, to him, he doesn't care about... He might actually not know who's in the Oval Office right now. Yeah. I think that mm. he, when he talks of the presidents and he talks of the stars in the sky, he's talking in more grand concepts. He's like, I have 
I, I've seen the 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 lights off of the uh, the Tannhauser gates. Yes. Like I've seen uh, crazy I, shit. I, like that I know the real presidents. I know the real sources of power in this country. Yeah. I know the world beyond the world that you know, kid. Jesus I, Christ. Right. Uh, Our I'm, I, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord. I, and I know he died for Have my you sins. been saved today, kid? <laughs> it's sort of a John Wick kind of a situation where there's a world that exists parallel to the world that everyone else you. knows. He knows, yeah, and like he knows the presidents of the road. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I gotcha. love that reading. I read it in a different way. Sure. As you bring up at the uh, beginning where that he's wearing a nice, you know, uh, sure. suit jacket kind of thing. He always wants to look nice. Oh, you thought he was like a fall from race not no not particularly but maybe that he he's a bum but he's better than all the other bums he's and that's an why bum. he's educated he gets to wear the nicer clothes gotcha. he gets to walk the so, walk so your take is that he can name all the presidents yes so just like, like he could probably boast that he can know all the states and the capitals yes and i think you can read it either way but i'm almost thinking that he's calling uh cigarette a dumb hick basically oh, okay. either way it's a great way, boast great. and it fucking works and lee yeah. marvin fucking sells this shit and mm-hmm. if it were longer I would use it for auditions. Right. I meant yes, to absolutely. ask you earlier, does Aldrich write his movies? No. Okay. Uh, not usually. Uh, because this was... There's also a book called The Emperor of the North. There's this weird thing with movies of this era where it's like, we're making a movie. Hey, let's write a book about it too. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. hard to know. True. And I, I got so excited when I saw there was a book. Mm-hmm. And then I read some Amazon reviews because it's like... Oh, the book's gonna tell the the whole story that mm-hmm. you didn't get in the movie, and mm-hmm. then a review was like, "There's no characterization that wasn't in the movie. It's mm. very short. It's uh, very like." So it feels like someone took the script and was like, "Hey, get this out before the movie." Yes. Well, that's what I'm saying. I bet half of it is the novelization of the script, yeah, and then right. there's like a forty page thing, maybe, maybe yeah. even that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want um, Shadows of the Empire, Emperor of the North edition. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna have to cue me into what that that's means. okay. It's not important. I'll, I'll tell you about that. Is it a Star Wars thing? It is. It's very fun. I'll tell you about. Okay. It later. Um, Shaq marries Princess Leia. <laughs> what is what's Dash Rendar's hobo name? <laughs> Dash Rendar. <laughs> So I dash I'm, dash the trash man. So on my first watch in this movie, yes, I became very worried, even because I was not as well versed in Aldrich. Like yes. I knew Aldrich, yeah, but this was later Aldrich than Kiss Me Deadly or right. Dirty Dozen. So I was like, a number one starts to climb up the hill, and cigarette follows him, and I was like, is this going to be a thing where cigarette sucks, but? A number one, like, dies or is like, yeah. hey, take my legacy. Yes. I thought that I was what was going to I got happen. to be very worried about that, especially as the movie progressed. I thought sex. I will tell you, a spoiler alert, the movie is so much more cynical for it, yes. about it, and so much better for it. So... I for sure thought this was going to be Homeward Bound with Shadow and, and Michael J. Fox's dog. I thought, like, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be... A number one and Shaq in a fight, and they both die. And A number one's like, "Kid, take my legacy. Earn this." I'm gonna tell you now that does not happen. I thought that was gonna happen, or I thought it was gonna happen that they were just gonna be buddies, and then at the very end of the movie they were gonna beat Shaq together. Yeah, basically, and then be like, "Alrighty, let's go. What's next on our thing?" Exactly. It's gonna be like exactly fucking Breakfast Club. Yeah, sure. Don't you. Forget about me. Jack. Cigarette tells cigarette tells uh, a number one about the time they almost committed suicide. 
uh, and they bond over it. Yeah. It was yeah. a banner year in the cigarette house. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm called cigarettes, because my old man got me cigarettes. Smoke them up, cigarettes. Smoke them up. <laughs> it was my birth name. <laughs> oh, my. All right. A number one boards the train, but Shaq spots him. So Shaq takes this kind of big, heavy metal pin. Again, Shaq doesn't spot him. Shaq spots Cigarette. When Cigarette follows him, okay. even though A number sure. one tells him, get on the roof, motherfucker. I uh, yeah. I, yeah. I thought he shot spotted A number one. I was wrong. That's okay. Shaq takes this it's some sort of connecting pin. I don't know what it's from. Yeah. But it's this big heavy metal piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And he ties a length of the rope to it. And he feeds it under the train to hit any bow that's riding in the carriage, which is where both Cigarette and A number one are. Yes. yes. Now, Cigarette... I think it's no, a railroad like, thing you put in a railroad. Like, you know, you put a thing in a railroad and then you hit the It's like a big down. old bolt. It's not yeah. a spike. Is it it's not? It's not a spike because okay. it's blunted on the end. Oh, okay. Uh, it's some sort of connector, but it's not connecting cars because mm-hmm. otherwise the cars would come right. apart. It's, Heavy and it's a it, dildo. Yeah, it's yeah. a big metal dildo. But A number one is riding comfortably. Because just like the fucking man with no name, he has placed a piece of metal on his back so that all the hits mm-hmm. from the pen get absorbed by that. Mm-hmm. Cigarette, thankfully, not so smart. He He's getting hit. He's shouting. And Shaq can hear these shouts. Because mm-hmm. Shaq is just laughing. Mm-hmm. He's just laughing at the pain he's causing. And it obviously hurts. Like it, it, It's oh, yeah. one of those things in movies where you're like, oh, I could take that. That doesn't seem that bad. But no. I bet if a yeah, big yeah. piece of metal were like oh, bouncing yeah. up into you at oh, yeah. however many miles per That's hour. That's a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. And also, if you lose your balance, you're getting cut in half by this mm-hmm. train. Exactly. Sure. Half if you're lucky. Again, that opening scene really carries a lot of weight for the rest of this movie it in does. terms of establishing the stakes. And, more, oh, and it's not just establishing the power of Shaq. It's establishing the power of the train. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And here's the thing that's super fucked up. <laughs> this isn't punishment. Mm-hmm. This is the actual goal. Is like I just said, is to get cigarette to let go. Yeah, yeah. that's the punishment. Is to be killed by the train. It's safe this is just this is just method. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A number one has a heart though. He pulls up the rope and he like wraps it around some shit so it can't reach cigarette. He even gives an extra strong jerk to send Shaq careening into the wall of another train mm-hmm. car. Old fucking softy, A number one. Right, <laughs> <laughs> that? Yes. S- help Cigarette get out from underneath the undercarriage. And Cigarette's in a ton of pain. Yes. I know we none of us like this character. Yeah. Keith Carradine does a decent job I for what he's there for. And he's selling this pain that. Yeah. Sure. Uh, cigarette is in. They're cl- because when they're climbing up the side of the car and Cigarette can barely make it, he's whimpering and A number one's like, go, go. Mm-hmm. It, it's I like that scene. I, and yeah. here's an obviously unimportant question that I posed at this point. Do you guys like Cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually write that? Oh my god. At any point? <laughs> I will say that this is the part of the movie where I, clearly all of us thought that the previous scene was setting up a redemption arc for Cigarette. Yes. Yeah. And this is a moment which I thought was the beginning of that arc. You see, they play so into it. it they it's do. really yeah. masterful on the scriptwriter's yes. point of view, where it's like they keep playing with There's going to keep being moments where I will say, A number one keeps reaching out to Cigarette. 
it, it is it is bookmark is bookended by the dildo. The first time you see the dildo is the beginning of this potential arc. The next time you see the dildo, we'll get into it. Yes, now. yes. Um, <laughs> and I, I will say on my second watch, yes. which y'all don't have the benefit of, yeah. uh-huh. But uh, I had more sympathy for him, especially at this point where it's like benefit or curse. A number one <laughs> is right. Like he does have the potential. Like he's still climbing this train. Sure. As in pain as he is. Yeah. But granted, the alternative is literally being mutilated by a train. Yeah. So it's not that great. And here's where we get to the uh, nat one roll. Exactly. Where uh, a number one grabs a handle and just tears off, Mm -hmm. and he tumbles off to the side of the track. Meanwhile, Shaq comes up to the roof above Cigarette and just fucking throws a hammer at him. It's so good. I love it. And it hits him in the head. Ernest Borgnine is the Mighty Thor. Yeah, <laughs> he's the Hammer Bros from Mario. I, the Mario movie. I also love that. Like we have that initial shot where you show how he has all those hammers because yes. he's going to throw hammers later on yeah. in the movie. And if you a, a lesser, no, this fi- is a man who has come prepared. But yes. like a lesser filmmaker would just be like that and everything. But like Robert Aldrich also makes it show. He'd be like, look, he has all these other hammers. Yeah. He's not just pulling hammers out he, of fuck nowhere. Yeah. Like, he's he got. Has- Hammers. Although yeah. I would love if he had like a bandolier of hammers, just, oh. where it was just like he rips open his conductor uniform and <laughs> just hammers all the way down. He's Dennis <laughs> Hopper from Texas Chainsaw. Yes. Up hammers instead of chainsaws. No, he goes. Well, there would have been if he goes into like a general store and he's yes. just like just swinging like, hammers. Just like oh, I like the like, heft of this one. I'll take all these. <laughs> just has a watermelon there that he's hitting instead of chainsaw. So Dick wood. Miller, like from the Terminator movie, Dick Miller's there's like oh that's a that's a good one like this this one's from uh, 68 this is the 68 <laughs> model of hammer uh so cigarette obviously falls off yes yay uh, <laughs> as a number one goes back to I'm the double <laughs> yeah you're fine as a number one goes back to the dump of cigarette falling behind him and a number one is searching through the dump and he's throwing things, and it becomes obvious after a few <laughs> seconds, he's clearly throwing things to hit cigarettes. <laughs> yes. Like, he just keeps picking up all these buckets, and he just, like, wings them off casually at cigarette. A number one eventually grabs, gathers a bunch of big buckets, and climbs the hill. He exchanges a few glances with cigarette, which... Here's where I really felt for Cigarette, where yeah. if I were in his position and Lee Marvin's character was just like sort of like eyebrowing at me, I'd be like, mm. what the fuck do you want me to do, <laughs> old man? Why can't you just say, get some buckets? Yeah. Um, I will. Here's here's my brilliant note that I took during this scene. That's a lot of buckets. It is. Wow. A lot. Yeah. 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 This is the oh, kind of insight man. you come to the show for. You're the modern exactly, day Shakespeare. Yeah. Yes, me. <laughs> Pauline Kale over here. But cig- cigarette eventually cottons on. He get- gathers a bunch of big buckets and follows. Mm-hmm. And they. My note is cigarette and a number one join up with their big bucket family beside a railroad track. <laughs> they hear a train whistle. And A number one says he's going to teach Cigarette, even though he doesn't know why. Mm-hmm. They're going to coat the track with something that turns out to be grease, but yep. was not clear at the time. I was like, is this tar? Is this whatever? Right, it's yeah. grease. Mm-hmm. And it stops the train. Yes. This is not the 19. This is a passenger yes. train. Mm-hmm. The crew pours sand on the tracks to try to get the train moving slowly forward. Cigarette is about to jump from their hiding place on a bridge above the train, but A number one stops him. Tells him to do exactly what he says, mm-hmm. which is eventually just jump on the train. Yes, yeah, but at the right moment. At the right yes. moment. 
Yeah. And a number she one. She still almost fucks up. Yeah, of course. Well, here's my problem. Mm-hmm. That I, the problem I would have in real life is a number one lashes himself to the handle of the train top with a belt. Yes. Cigarette does not have a belt. No. And uh, cigarette wears suspenders. Does he wear suspenders? He or does. Is he just free yeah, ball. No, he he grabs his suspenders like I don't know what to do. Uh, Which is the problem I would have because yeah. I wear suspenders by twist of fate. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, we won't need to. We don't need to get into that lore. Yeah. Right now, <laughs> the, suspe- um, the deep suspender lore. It is it's, actually kind of deep. Yeah. It's it probably is. been on the podcast before. <laughs> I don't think it has, but people who really know me know the story. Behind You've the told suspenders. me a little bit. Yeah. If you want to know the suspender lore, <laughs> reach out to Billy or like, I. Like this web zone if you want a piece of <laughs> We're just gonna get texts in our Facebook. We want to know the suspender lore. It begins to rain really hard, which I love. And uh, a number one tells cigarette. Not to listen to the wheels unless he's tied down and wants mm-hmm. to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, look over the edge and remind yourself how powerful and dangerous those wheels are. And then he goes to sleep because he is tied down. He is tied down. He's got his and own he, goggles on and he just takes a fucking and I nap. Love, yep. I, that's how hard a number one is. Exactly. Like, I can yeah. sleep atop a moving train in the fucking pounding rain. Exactly. True. But what a badass. The train passes the 19, which has stopped. Cigarette says they'll ride the bastard yet. Another sort of thing where it's like, oh, they're going to team up. They're going to be mm-hmm. like a duo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The train stops at a station, and I have a feeling this was the scene Kaylee laughed at. Yes. Where Cigarette is climbing down, and he uh, sees a lady shaving her armpit. Yeah. Yes. This lady shaving her armpit. She's. We don't see anything, but it's implied that she's like completely nude up top. Yeah. She's shaving her armpit. And cigarettes just sort of staring at her through the window, ooh, 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 and and shaving, and she sees him, and instead of like reacting or freaking out or anything, he's just what? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Whoa. and he, he gets out of the window, and he he turns around and sees and sees a number one. A number one says, "Never seen a person shave before." Uh, that's uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it yeah. was it was the woman just like just hate glaring him so and saying blase what? Saying, and just what that's what that's so what used to knocked off gaze like, and just yeah. like Kaylee Kaylee lost her shit when she when she said what that it's was a just great, great moment that's and great. also tells us a lot about cigarette where it's like this dude knows nothing. probably is not fuck yeah no. it also tells you a lot about a number one where he's just sort of like people yeah yeah he's just like, pe- people's is... people's people man yeah. what, what 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 the fuck yeah. although we will learn that a number one does like them titties that's that's yeah we'll get to that scene <laughs> the yeah. most important scene in the movie the the linchpin of the movie the according linchpin, to billy yes. yeah according <laughs> to billy's me, favorite scene my favorite scene he texted uh, us all about it like, yeah, he was, he was, over and over like, again i can't wait to talk about this scene <laughs> He recreated it for us? I was so confused. It's like, this is the Citizen Kane of the 70s. This one scene. Uh, I just want to say for the record, I have no idea what the fuck scene we're talking about. But I just went along with it. Sure. A number one and Cigarette are hanging out around a truck full of turkeys. A number one steals one. Meanwhile, a copper is sneaking up behind. This is my favorite scene in the movie. It's great. A number one says, I'm trusting you, kid. Cover for me. Before just shoving cigarette into this cop. (laughs) (laughs) So good. A number one finds another hobo jungle by the waterside and hides out. Soon cigarette... Uh, comes followed by the cops and the boats tell or er, boats tell him to hide in this abandoned caboose. Yeah, 
Uh, the copper arrives and is menaced by the bows immediately. And I love, again, this is such where Sid Haig is, by the way. Anti establishment yes. messages where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you have authority, but really you don't. If enough of us poor people stand up to you, exactly. you're fucking nothing. There's a line I also love right before we get into this scene and everything is I think it's the head of the railroad guy. Like he shows up like two or three times throughout the yeah. movie and everything. And I think they're talking or something and then they're saying, oh, but they're hobo or something. And he literally says, I don't give a goddamn if they're Democrats. Yeah, <laughs> I is, love yes. that line. Absolutely. <laughs> but A number one pops out yep. and he waves the turkey. Like he sort of like brushes the turkey on the cop. Yes. The cop says he can't keep the turkey. He can keep... The, well, the cop says he can keep the turkey, mm-hmm. but he's taking the kid. Yeah. And number one says, what turkey? <laughs> this here's a dog. <laughs> and all the hobos begin barking. Yes. And this pl- scene is played for comedy. And oh, it yeah. is it is hilarious. But imagine if you were this dumbass cop. Yes. And you were just way out of your element. You were in this dangerous encampment full of people with no, like, you can't, they can just disappear. Absolutely. They can kill you and just scatter to the wind. Yeah. And they all start fucking barking at you like a hundred DMXs. It, <laughs> it reminds me of the 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 hobo uh, Julius Caesar kill from Theater of yeah. Blood. Yeah, like all the hobos around you. The and the meth drinkers. The meth drinkers. That's right. Sorry, the meth drinkers. <laughs> it gets even better because the cop shouts that he's just doing what he's told to do, and you gentlemen ought to understand that. Talking to a bunch of free people who live in the wind doing whatever they please. Mm -hmm. Seems so good. It's so good. And now I know this is Billy's favorite part because it's his letterbox review. Yes. The turkey A1 is, A number one is holding gobbles and A number one says, see what you've done? Now he thinks he's a turkey. Is this your favorite scene too? No, because this is my favorite scene. This is Billy's favorite scene. My favorite scene know. is the climax. My favorite. Fight. That's my fair. favorite scene is the climactic fight. But all this, right. But that line might be one of my favorite lines in all of movies. It, like, it, it's <laughs> so because it, again, like, uh, like you're I talking about character, but that says so much about a number one. Yeah. It's like he's just like. And again, going back to the Anansi and the Bugs Bunny yeah, shit. Like exactly. That, yes. Like, that's the sort of like yeah. A, a Groucho Marx like. For uh, sure. Three hard-boiled eggs. And that's why I just wish there was more of in the movie and everything. Sure, I could see it's that. It's because yeah. how good that scene... I think that's the biggest thing for more. me with the movie is when you have these amazing scenes, the beginning, yeah. the end, everything Shaq does, and this scene, mm-hmm. it's like I wish the rest of the movie was went up with well, I, I get More it. moments you... when Lee Marvin gets to be a tricky little bitch. Yes. I, I think... I'm uh, the '70s and '60s are two of my favorite film decades, mm-hmm. and they are much slower decades. Yes. Yeah, it might be that you are not as used to the pace. The pace, I think that's a good point. The yeah. ramblingness of it. Yeah, like I've seen the movie Stalker. I haven't seen it in 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's a movie about three Russian or four Russian dudes just wandering around the forest. But see, the thing is, I love Stalker by Tarkovsky. Okay. Which doesn't make fucking sense. Right. No. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I think um, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure yeah. out what your fucking problem is. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. We'll figure out. The, I don't have a therapist. This is well, what I've been needing. <laughs> I'll. You'll be my therapist. I'm, I'm just spitballing here. Okay. Yeah. But I'll figure out some sort of conversion therapy oh, like to this. turn you to my side. Oh, good. Oh, good. Uber! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it while that is the peak of the scene, it gets even more fucked up and hilarious. It does. Yes. Because yeah. A number one makes the cop bark. So good. Which he God. does multiple times. He howls. Like, A number one is not satisfied with no. just like a yip. He makes this cop commit. A number one would actually be a great director. Sure, yeah, absolutely. The A number one method where you're just (laughs) surrounded by enemies and you have to act. And the director's holding a turkey the whole time. What I love about this scene also is he says to Bark, obviously the first one is he's not trying, he's like, whatever, let me just get this done with. Then he actually looks like he tries, and I was in my head, I was like, okay, now he did the Bark. And then A number one goes, yeah, not gonna cut it or something. (laughs) And then makes him really do it. I was like, okay, this, I love that. A good director pushes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. A good, good director sees what you're capable of. Yes. And then pushes, pushes you, you to further. achieve it. Yeah. Right? And then, probably my favorite part of this scene, A number one then says, have a drink. And the cop says, but I'm a man of temperance. <laughs> And then doesn't he hand can, you oh. could give this to a you can nurse a baby on this stuff here <laughs> and it's so strong or so acrid yeah. or something that the cop runs screaming screaming doesn't he also hand it to him he says here's my temperance or something yeah like something he says like I'm that. a man of temperance like or something oh it's so good uh, a number one talks to cigarette in the caboose mm-hmm. and here's where we get more of like the juke where it's like. Mm-hmm. A number one believes that this kid could be something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has shown guts. Like, he's going yeah. up against the shack, even if he is annoying little bitch. Here's where you get the great line Brad alluded to earlier. Uh, but also, A number one calls him a casual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is such a modern insult. Yes! I love it. It's like you say, yeah, I wish you would have called him a filthy casual. I wish you would have called him a filthy casual. <laughs> I have that in my notes. Calls him a filthy this casual. This is the other scene that Kaylee laughed her ass off oh, at nice. while watching it. She's like, he's a noob. He's a he's noob. <laughs> Get good. Get good. Uh, and it's just a string of insults. And he also, but he also says he could be a good bum. Mm-hmm. He needs to keep getting knocked around until the knocks don't hurt anymore, mm. which I think is a great life philosophy. Is like that's mm-hmm. how you, if you want to survive in mm-hmm. elements that aren't the best, mm-hmm. you have to take the hits until the hits don't hurt anymore. Mm. Like that's the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, whether it's Bowen, whether it's living with depression, mm-hmm. whether it's. Anything, whether whether it's like boxing or mm-hmm. hockey or soccer, like yeah. do it until it doesn't hurt anymore if you really want to do it. Hopefully it's Boeing, though. And then you can run with the train. That just got mm-hmm. so serious. <laughs> We've been doing joke after joke after joke. No, you know, well, like, that's why I love this movie. Yeah. There's an actual pathos in it. No, the like, scene is true. My like, favorite it really one... spoke to me because I've, I've been having, well, I have a lot of rough days, but I've been having a rough couple days, and it's like, yeah. yeah. No, the only way to survive is to do it until it stops hurting. Another one of my favorite lines in this scene uh, is he says something. I wish I'd written it down. But he said... uh, I wish you did too, bitch. Yeah, same. Uh, But he he says, uh, you don't reach for something unless you're sure you can hold on to it. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about the train. But I I, I love that as as a metaphor as well. There's some Uh, great lines in here. Yeah. Yeah. Next, we cut to a river baptism, and this is the scene we were joking about being Billy's favorite. Yeah, because I really don't like this scene. Oh, okay. A number one waits in line in the river to be baptized, 
And before him is a lady who is being baptized, yes. and she is in a white cotton robe. Yes. And when she gets dunked, it's like a wet t-shirt contest, and mm-hmm. you can see her tooties. Yes. I know. Okay, so that's why I'm confused. I like the baptism scene. I must have been asleep. Something must have happened okay. during that scene. I think, or something. I think you didn't get to see a lot of stuff on screen, because that seems to be... <laughs> it, the glare seems to have been really knocking you out. No, because this was at 9 o'clock at night. In this oh, okay. Thing. Because but, at, at one point, I almost wrote, the men subtly stare at her chest, and I was like, it's not subtle. No, it's not. I didn't even... So All the men are staring at her robe. I'll be honest. Robe. I was maybe playing a game on my phone during the movie while taking notes. Oh, Like, okay. we all have... You, you were lit- masturbating a lot. I was <laughs> masturbating a lot. Like, you said you do and stuff. I think we all do it and stuff. And mm-hmm. I must have just looked at my phone or something. It's fine. Scene. It's fine. But Although I like the rest it, of it. It goes on for scene. a while, though. And her, yeah. her uh, wet chest is pretty noticeable the, and this is the part that i didn't like because it's just it just the previous scene involving uh, a woman's body felt she was in control she was in control she and lee marvin's character was like what the fuck is the po- we all got it f- felt like very dennis hopper on the set of uh, of blue velvet no. energy of like yeah we've all seen boobs yeah whatever and then you get into this sort of like this weird animal house here's bullshit. here's why yeah. I did. one it was it was very underplayed it wasn't like yeah. Awooga! yeah like all it was just it was just it felt like more of a joke about Christians where like mm-hmm. they don't realize that this has become sexualized mm-hmm. and that's part of why the men are here and, then, and I also love the twist that this takes. Sure. That's what I like the scene about is because why the whole juke of the scene and everything. The reason why they're at the baptismal and what they do with it. That's why I liked the scene. I didn't see the woman and boobs and stuff. Well, that says a lot about you. Right? <laughs> but I'm glad we have your opinion on the show. Thanks. Um, do you want to say anything more about the scene before I'll, I... I'll just say that like, if there was any scene that should have been cut, I feel like it should have been this one. This one could have easily been I cut. I don't feel like it affects the story at all. The only thing yeah, that the fog some... scene is still a scene. What say? I said, but the fog scene is still okay, a scene. Okay, well, you're dumb. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. I just, I, just think that it's, I just think it's kind of dumb jokes. It, it, I, I, I can it. see that. Yeah. I agree that this could easily be cut. Yeah. The only reason that the function it serves is to show that cigarette and a number one are working together yes. to con. It's true. Yes. Because in a little bit, as a number one is about to be baptized, he admits he's sin, and the while preacher, looking at her shirt. Yes. And the preacher says he'll baptize him to save him from the Presbyterians. <laughs> so, oh Lord, and save Lee, me from the Presbyterians. Yeah. Lee Marvin just deadpans. <laughs> Save me from the Presbyterians. <laughs> That's the scene I liked. See, I didn't see the boobs. Yeah. I saw the Presbyterians. Well, <laughs> you get a shirt that says, I didn't see the boobs, I saw the Presbyterians. <laughs> that is what I would like for I, Christmas, uh, fellas. After being dunked a few times, a man on Long John's comes running down to the banks of the river, screaming that someone has stolen the clothes of all the people being baptized. Yeah. And, of course, it was a job being pulled by A number one, Cigarette. Mm -hmm. Later, we see them picking through a pile of clothes. A number one tells Cigarette that if he does everything he tells him, he could be Emperor of the North Pole. Mm -hmm. Next, we see Cracker in the rail yard, telling how Shaq chased the bows off the 19. A man comes running, and God bless this featured extra, who is giving everything he has. He's, like, screaming, like, you gotta come see! <laughs> and outside, once again, it has been written on the tower that A number one will ride the 19 to Portland. 
and God bless Ernest Borgnine, he's not angry. Yeah. He's not angry at all. He smiles a cruel little grin and is looking forward to killing another bow. Yeah. The 19 leaves the station at, at a regular speed. It doesn't highball like it did before. Mm-hmm. Shaq wants a number one on the train. Yeah. Like, he wants to solve this problem yeah. now. Even gives a little chuckle when he sees a number one in cigarettes sneak into up into the under, undercarriage. Mm-hmm. And here's what you were talking about before, the return of the metal dildo. My uh, favorite Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> When Lee Marvin, That's really what R2-D2 is. Sure. Like, yes. If you're brave enough. If you're brave. Okay. See, that's, what, that's what C-3PO is if you're brave enough. Well, <laughs> anything if you're brave, <laughs> brave enough. But, um, so Bad we, dragon taught us that. So, Billy, your point. Right. Uh, so, Lee Marvin is telling um, uh, Cigarette that he could be Emperor of the North. And emperors are and emperors are like emperors know everything, don't they? Yeah. And uh, a number one says emperors know plenty. A number one knows more. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite. That should have been the, in the whole poster tagline. Tag oh, for sure. Did I you wrote, see what the tagline was? Um, was in space, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> no, I didn't write it down. I guess I should. Oh, have. Well, I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> uh, no, but it's like sixth line. It's so fucking long. It is long. I actually it's I did like read this it. Long. And it's pretty badass. But, oh, okay. Uh, I don't remember. It's it. basically what the beginning thing you read, the opening credits. It's kind of something of it's that. It's almost nature. like a Ruby Ray okay. Moore style yeah. boast about a number one. Hey, that's great. Shaq once again sends a metal pin under the train, but this time it's a number one's turn to get hit. Mm-hmm. He tells Cigarette, "Grab the rope," and Cigarette does briefly. Yeah, but then he lets it go. And this is the turning point. Yes. What a prick. What? Yes. It's like, I wrote down, okay, cigarette, time for you to fucking die. Right? <laughs> and here's where A number one makes a badass choice. Mm-hmm. And I don't, like, a badass is the wrong word because it's going to fuck up a lot of innocent people. Yes. No. Before you get into the choice, I have a question. <laughs> sure. So this metal pin is coming at him and everything. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's coming that fast. And he only has, like, one hand on Like, he has one hand free. Why don't you just grab the pin? Because he's on the pin side. The pin is a big old piece of metal that's wildly flowing around. Yes. If you're on the rope side, you can grab the rope. You can take control of it without getting your fingers broken. Okay. If you're reaching down for the pin when you're on the pin end, yeah. uh, there's every chance that you're going to lose you that hand. Oh, okay. Uh, that's, that's my interpretation anyway. A number one makes a choice. Yeah. Because he's not going to die. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna. He's not gonna fall under and get cut apart by a train. Mm-hmm. So he uses. And I didn't know this about trains, but I, I guess either. every individual car has a brake. Yes. So he uses his feet to slam on this brake, and it ruins this crew. Yeah. And here's another point: Anansi is not just a trickster. Anansi is a god. Yeah. So when push comes to shove, you have ang- We have finally gotten to the point where. I, my interpretation of the scene is A number one is the god of the railroad and you have angered the god. Mm. He has finally st- decided to unleash his full power. He is always more in control of the situation than you think he is. You can extrapolate that to the worker, the common man, sure. is the god. Yes. Yeah. And if we decide to slam on the brakes, mm-hmm. anyone working for the establishment can mm-hmm. get fucked. They, yeah. And they literally do in the scene. Yeah. I just sure. feel bad for Coley. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Although I We'll get to it. And the other conductor guy. Coley Coley is complicit. He told Coley to shoot steam in the faces of any bows he He saw. He did. did. Coley is part of the problem. But it's the other guy who's not a problem. Mm -hmm. The old man who just sits there. Again, sometimes we survive 
True. Sometimes. Yes. Yes. Sometimes we have to do what the man says. And especially True. a black man in 1933. Sure. True. Yeah. Shaq That's is the error. first victim we see. Mm-hmm. He's bleeding from the side of the head, mm-hmm. and he's shouting for Cracker. And he finds Cracker, mm-hmm. and Cracker's back has broken. Mm-hmm. He is fully, like, keeled over. Like, he is bent over back well, almost to the floor. He gets thrown into the window first, smashes yeah. into the window, and then gets thrown back and everything and falls down the ladder. Yes. And you, when he finds the body, you can literally see the blood pooling in the mm-hmm. in the top yeah. of his palate and dripping out from his teeth. And this, so fuck, it's so fucking it's, it's great. So, <laughs> this is like, it's it, this movie is, to draw a very loose comparison to Apocalypse Now, where mm-hmm. it's like, Everything gets darker and more fucked up as you go along. Now we're entering a whole new level of things. Yes. Now we it is escalated. But and again, Cracker sucked. Cracker mm-hmm. was a sycophant. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I never hated Cracker. No. Maybe it was just like his weird ass face. It's 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 or the wily like, coyote element of him yeah, where you yeah. like you almost feel sorry for him more than anything. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. it's this is his life getting yelled at by the shack. Like yeah. that's all he wants to do is not get yelled at. Yeah. Really. Mm. And meanwhile, Coley, the fireman, the man who shovels coal into the fire to yes. power the steam engine, has gotten a terrible burn on his back. Mm-hmm. And Hogger, the engineer, is very concerned about him. Yes. And I love this little bit yes. of relationship where it's like Hogger like is like I need to grease this. I need to mm-hmm. take care of you. Mm-hmm. Shaq don't give a shit. No. Later, uh, Shaq has a great line where it's like, "My brake man has back broke. My stoker is the blackies burned, mm-hmm. and the hogger has gone insane." Hogger hasn't gone insane. He's no. just caring about his fellow man. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which must yes. be insane yes. to Shaq. Exactly. I just had that. That's I such never a fucking great two. piece of writing. And directing and acting where it's like, Hogger is completely in his mind. Like, yeah. he's just like, I have compassion for this other person. And and that's insane for the Shaq. Mm-hmm. That's Especially, for Shaq. and I imagine, given the time, Shaq is not just a terrible person, but a racist as oh, well. Oh, for sure. Oh. So he's like, why yeah. do you, not only, yeah, you get it. You the, get it. Uh, yeah. The, yeah, the other thing is, so Shaq is badly hurt. Like, he is oh, limping. Oh, messed up. Everything. So this is one of the things I don't understand is why would a number one not attack him now? Well, and because I know, they both have honor. Uh, yeah, I guess it's that's, the honor That's what thing. boils down And also, to. a number one is also hurt. A number one is hurt. Yeah. And they're both also old ass men. Yeah. So, okay, let me rephrase that. Why is Keith Carradine not attacking? Because he's a coward. Yeah, but no he's matter also... what, he's a coward. Like he, unless it's a sure thing. Like yeah. he never even like even when he supposedly tries to fight a number one, he never really tries to fight him. Yeah, yeah. he he. There's no swings. Mm-hmm. There's no like. Don't you walk away from me? Yeah, he's not a fighter. That's yeah. fair. He's a talker. He's a yeah. boaster. Yeah, as as Lee Marvin will say later, he's all gab. Cigarette limps away from the train and finds a number one tending his own wounds. Mm-hmm. Cigarette. Figures A number one is quitting. Mm-hmm. Tells him to go back to the Jesus shouters. Mm-hmm. What a fucking bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this old man who tried to help you. Exactly. Is is like hurt. And you're just like, oh, now here here I can posture. Here I can yep. be cock and well, well, let's give Cigarette the benefit of the doubt. No. Because 
A number one had a good time with his lady friend at the Jesus Shouter. So maybe he's like, hey, this is the where you've had fun on this trip. Why don't you go back? <laughs> he's he's giving him a thoughtful suggestion yes, about see? what to do next. Why don't so you maybe, go back to the wet t-shirt contest? <laughs> maybe Cigarette was the hero we needed the whole time. Sure, maybe. sure. And again, we get a great monologue of hobo boasting. Yes. Where Cigarette, and probably the only good Cigarette moment, mm-hmm. he talks about what a great bum he's going to be. Tramp Royale. Mm-hmm. Busting in heads and putting his fists through faces. They'll tell stories about him. And again, cigarettes' boasts are rooted in violence. Yes. A number ones are rooted in grandiosity. Like, and whimsy. I put the stars in the sky. Mm-hmm. I know all the presidents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And cigarette can only think about, yeah, yeah, I'm going to fight everybody. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Again, it's that very Andrew Tate kind of energy of like, yeah, you notice I lose my hands a lot because at you know, I, I, any moment I, I might strangle somebody. I, I'm crazy. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. Eat a Kit Kat or something. Yeah. I don't know. Friendly, friendly Space Ninja. Friendly Space Ninja shout out with that one. But yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that was yeah. just a. But Cigarette finishes by telling A number one, he ain't good for bumming. He's not mean enough. You can't handle the shack. Get off his road. <laughs> you can't handle the shack. <laughs> shack gets the train running again. Uh, he's shoveling coal himself. Like yeah. he's forcing. Uh, the uh, the fireman to like this shovel. Is, this is his third act Disney movie villain moment, like Cruella Deville in the in the broken down car. He's going yeah. Radigan going full rat. Like yes. it's this is this is his like he's lost what semblance of of humanity he had. He is kind of a classic Disney villain. He really That's is. a really, good, yeah, yeah, no, a good he, comparison. He's Absolutely. very Frollo. It, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. yeah. Then he then after the train gets runny, he takes to the roofs where he sees cigarette climbing aboard. Because Cigarette has absolutely no sense of nope. sneakery no. at all. Sucks. Yeah. He sucks. He snucks. Exactly. Yes. He snucks. Exactly. Thank you. Shaq, with his hammer drawn, walks steadily and calmly towards Cigarette, mm-hmm. who is barely keeping it. Cigarette has a bad... Cigarette's fucked up, too. Yes. Like, yeah. he's he has a bad limp. He mm-hmm. can barely walk. All the while, Shaq is monologuing. And he's calm, mm-hmm. but still completely unhinged. And with his fucking hammer and the blood running down the side of his face, it's amazing. Yeah. And he's doing that thing that he was doing earlier with the popping eyes. The popping yeah. eyes, yes. Urs Borgnine's weird rictus grin he's got going on, the blood, the, the cat. It, it looks insane. No special effects involved. It's just Borgnine. He has a and, like, Cheshire cat grin. Yeah. Yes. No, it, yes. It's, it's otherworldly. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, again, it's, it's a sort of mythical Cormac McCarthy villain thing where it's like, mm-hmm. you are some embodiment of evil. You are not mm-hmm. an evil person. You are an avatar for evil. Yeah. I've never read Blood Meridian, but you've told me a lot about it. This whole scene felt like you talking about Blood Meridian. Yeah. Yeah. I need it to read is, that still. Yeah. I've read any Cormac McCarthy. It's a very rough read, but it's <laughs> Worth it. And I don't even remember any specific lines from Shaq's monologue, but it's just insult. No, it's, it's, ju- yeah. it's just, it's just, and that's Shaq to the end. Like, I'm not going to just kill you. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you why you suck. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to kill you. Shaq forces Cigarette to the roof of the caboose, mm-hmm. right? But the caboose is at the end. There's another last car, which is. Yes. Open, just kind like of a platform. It's, it's yeah. a platform that has low walls. Yeah, it's a Smash Brothers arena. You I thought about that. Early. You can see what's about to happen. Yes, I thought about absolutely. that earlier. And then, hero moment. A number one God. pokes his head up, mm-hmm. and he begins to come up behind Shaq. And again, so slow and deliberate. It really shows the difference between 
while Shaq is not a good man, mm-hmm. he and A number one are deliberate men mm-hmm. who think, even if their thinking is insane or yeah. nonsensical to us, mm-hmm. They are thinking and deliberating. They do not act with impulsiveness like cigarette does. Mm-hmm. And they don't talk about how cool they are before they do something. They exactly. Do no, that's yeah. true. He, well, and even, Ernest Borgnine did, though. He's monologuing about But before. he's just telling Cigarette why he sucks. He's not like, I'm that's, the shack, that's I'm a good the point. best. Yeah. He's just like, true. you're trash. Yeah, that's a good I point. I like to masturbate a lot. <laughs> what I do you do? I don't remember that line. <laughs> I don't remember that line. But... And, and A number one is so deliberate yeah. that he's even pulling on gloves while he walks yeah. up behind mm-hmm. Shaq. Yes. And then there's... Which goes to your point, Ian, of him being like a better class of hobo. He's like, I've got my special fighting gloves. Right? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I can't get my hands dirty. Yeah, he wants absolutely. to pat his knuckles. Like, sure. he's protect his mitts. Oh, it makes sense, but absolutely. it also works as, you know, as the gentleman And as Shaq mm-hmm. is about to hit cigarette, A number one says... Shaq, your fight's over here. Mm. And he does this amazing flying tackle where both Lee Marvin and Ernest Borgnine fly over Keith Carradine. And did you know that they actually did that? Well, yeah, you no, said I'm earlier kidding. that. I, don't uh, well, I thought you said, someone said that It took 35 days to film, but I yes. don't know if and they you, you said you said they didn't have stunt doubles. Oh, I was being like... Oh, okay, you were lying. You were being I wasn't lying. You were I trying to seem cool. No, I wasn't lying. I was saying, you said something about like 35 days, and I was yeah. like, oh, they must not have... Oh no! Because you said about Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine and Lee Marvin hit each other a lot. That's what. In, yeah, in and I was making a joke time. and being like, "Oh, I guess they didn't have stuff." Oh, they flew over both Brad and my. Oh, you guys thought okay. it was being. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they didn't. What a great joke! If it, David Foster Wallace. <laughs> If it took 35 days to film and they hit each other, I would assume there probably I, I wasn't I think you're probably lot. right, yeah. I don't know if the tackle... This stunt, though, is nuts. Like, yes. I hope they had doubles. I would hope they had doubles, but most of it probably... Well, Ernest Borgnine was a fat old man. Like, I don't <laughs> want him going through this. No, but why else would it take 35 days to shoot that? They... This flying tackle is nuts, though. Yeah, I agree is. with you, but I'm just saying, I don't know And why also 30... for poor Keith Carradine, who had to have two men... Fly over oh, I don't feel head. bad for him. It's... Hey, just because you don't like the character doesn't mean he's a bad man. No, no I... I wasn't lying to you guys, though. I was no, 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 no. It's, it's just misrepresenting it... yourself. It's no, okay. it's just fine. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, I, I will say, just bearing false witness. It's here's, okay. Yeah. Here's the thing to understand about this is that we're, we're talking a lot about how old Lee Marvin and, and Ernst Borgnine were during this, and they were very old, but, like, this fight scene kicks ass. Oh, it's we're going to get into it. I, yeah. I've done my best to provide a blow-by-blow. Go for it. Um, All right. This is probably the best action scene I've ever seen in a non-action movie. Sure. I'm, is this not an action movie? No. 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 Oh, okay. I On Wikipedia, so. no, it's described I, as an action movie. As Maybe action road. adventure. Oh, yeah. but Maybe, it's yeah. action. Sure. It's more leaning on the adventure. Like this is not like a kung fu movie or a John Wick. Oh God, no, no, mm-hmm. sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. And again, these are old men. But I would place this fight above most things in Marvel movies. Like oh, this sure. is really fucking good. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's not a high bar to cross. <laughs> I mean, depends on the Marvel movie. But there that's the in... modern standard for yes, absolutely mainstream Absol- action. Yeah. He was born in 1917. Holy shit! Who? Ernest Borgnine? Because I was like, he always has looked like an old fucker. So I was yeah. like, how old was he actually in this movie? Like, because Lee Marvin obviously died like he ten the five years obviously. after and stuff. So. Obvious dead man, Lee. Marvin. Well, you guys said he died in the 80s. I look at Lee Marvin. I'm like, you're dead. <laughs> Close. <laughs> 
Well, you said in the Dirty Dozen Two, he looks like he. Oh my god, he looks so tired. I felt so. He looks bad like he. Him. They filmed it he's after still, he's dead. He still is like giving it. Like he's yeah. one of the better parts of that movie. Yeah. But I just like I just know he's like. He definitely did that oh, one for the paycheck. I, yeah. mm-hmm. I have to pay for my insure. Yeah. Borg Night would have been about 55, 56 when this came out. Around that and everything. Still, like, that I was can't quick do that at 35. Billy can't do that at 30. I can't do it at 19. Yeah, there we you go. know. We've tried. I know. <laughs> That's how we met. <laughs> All right. So they fly over cigarette and onto the last car. A number one kicks away Shaq's hammer. It's a light kick, almost taunting. But then there's a bigger kick as Shaq lunges for it. A number one grabs the hammer, and Shaq picks up this big length of lumber. Mm -hmm. Shaq swings the lumber, but A number one ducks and just creams Shaq's kneecap with the hammer. Shaq lands a blow, but A number one comes back with an overhead swing that breaks Shaq's lumber when he blocks it. And here I noted that I just love that these are two old men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like, and again, uh, Borgnine was 55, which is not ancient, yeah. but he always looks older. And again, he's a portly gentleman. Like, sure. this is impressive. This, like, absolutely. Ernest Borgnine is the Samo Hung of this movie. <laughs> this reminds me of, I know you've watched Gravity Falls. Yes. And you were watching it? I watched like half of it. Okay. Half, half of the first season. This isn't a huge spoiler or anything at all okay. in it and stuff, but the first episode of season two has uh, Stan um, fight and everything. That's all I'm going to say yeah, and everything. Sure. It's so cool, though, to see an older man. Oh, I, I love old people fighting. Right, that's what I'm saying. You yeah. should watch the limey. But yeah, I just love like that whole like old man fighting yeah. thing, and you get that same kind of thing here. Again, that. watch the limey. It's okay. all about Terrence Stamp, like... 70, mm. 60, 70 years old. Yeah. And just like, it's his revenge film. Interesting. Awesome. It's great. Yeah, it Steven Soderbergh. It's Ooh, great. Oh, okay. Shaq gets the hammer away from A number one, who is going back to the woodpile for a weapon. And Shaq just fucking throws a hammer at him. Yes. Like this again. That's like Shaq's move. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like that, that, that Shaq's move. You have to be confident to just like be like, <laughs> I don't need this anymore. Bam. I also just love that he uses that, and it almost never works. Like the well, only it, time it worked on cigarette, it got him off the train. True, it's true. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But he didn't like kill him, which is what he wanted it to do. True. Well, I think if he inflicts pain, he's happy. Mm-hmm. And if they're off his train, he like it's almost like out of sight, out of mind. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but now, now that he doesn't have his sh- his hammer, he goes back to the caboose, where we see a fire axe. Mm-hmm. But Jack doesn't go for the axe. Mm-hmm. He goes for the chain, the safety chain that's at the end of the caboose to keep people from falling off. Yep. Yes. And he bears down on A number one. And Shaq is loving this. All He's laughing. Mm-hmm. As, as messed out. up as he is, blood running down his face, he's, la- he's loving it. This is, like, he... Finally, there's some vermin, some... Mm-hmm. some pitiful man who can stand up to him. The two trade blows until eventually Shaq begins to strangle A number one. He He lets him go saying, Don't belly up on me, Bo! You promised me a fight! (laughs) And that's where the honor thing comes in. Like, that's like, they, these two men want to hurt each other. Mm -hmm. But they also don't want to win on like, they don't want to win. It's, 
it actually bears down to the metaphor of establishment versus anti-establishment, yeah. where no one can ever really win. No, mm-hmm. yeah. you really can't win that fight. Yeah. So it, it's, but if it's going to be a fight, mm-hmm. you need to fight. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. A number one hits Shaq with a with his piece of lumber, but ends up losing it. Shaq kicks it towards him, telling him to pick it up. Mm-hmm. And A number one doesn't, because finally he spotted the fire axe. And A number one, crafty as ever, he fakes towards the lumber pile a mm-hmm. few times, like he's going to pick up a two by four. Mm-hmm. And Shaq is buying it. He's snapping with the chain, but he jukes around Shaq. They grapple a bit. A number one pushes Shaq to the end of the car and he runs for the axe. And Shaq is so fucked up at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. But he walks towards, now I'm going to call him axe number one. <laughs> <laughs> axe number one laughing and taunting. Axe number one swings, but Shaq catches the axe with it. It's like, you know how when, I don't know if you guys were ever into gladiators. No. Uh, a like, little bit, yeah. But you learn how like, Oh, there's the trident guy, and there's the net guy, yes, and they yes, can yes, like yes, fight yes. each other. Mm-hmm. And this is like that. Exactly. This is like exactly. Oh, you would think the dude with the axe could not take the dude with the chain, mm-hmm. but the dude with the chain just wrapped up the axe yes. and yeah. is now in control. True. To get free, axe number one rams the axe head into Shaq's gut over and over, which eventually sends him over the side of the car. Mm-hmm. But he manages to hold on. A number one pulls him up over the side. Because he promised him a fight. Mm. It's an ongoing... And this is... My note is literally in all caps, fucking dude shit. (laughs) (laughs) Because a woman would have the sense to just be like, you're dead. A woman and Ian Kiefer. Because that's what I thought of the thing. It's just like, fucking... Oh, yeah, no, well... Yeah. I think all of... Again, it's the mythical dude shit. Sure. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not realistic dude shit. Mm-hmm. Where... It almost reminds... A number one, if he were a real person, would definitely just bury that axe in Shaq's head. It reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of, like, Robert Eggers of the Northmen and Vikings and all yeah. that kind of dude yes, stuff. Like, very, very much, much so. you know, yeah. brawling. This is, and, this is more of a fantasy story than it is Again, a, a it's, real it's a machismo, yeah. machismo... Mm-hmm. I never know how to fucking say that word. Machismo. Who does? Who does? Machismo. Um, machismo. I'm whatever. kidding. I just... <laughs> uh, but it, it's... Macho again, Machismo? Macho yes. Man Randy Savage. Exactly. Yes. Um, but Ooh, it's all yeah. about the ideal... Of yes. like, and again, it's not the movie's not positing that anything that happens is sensical or no, like sure. this is what you should do because no one had to do anything. Like, a number one didn't need to ride the nineteen exactly. Mm-hmm. A cigarette didn't need to do whatever he does. <laughs> it's all just bullshit, dude shit. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. Oh, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Well, let me try. Yeah. I, and is it stupid and dangerous? Yeah. I wrote down at some point earlier, and forgot to mention it, uh, that this this whole thing is uh, A number one's John Henry versus the Steam Train moment. Yeah. yeah. It's like, this doesn't, but this is, hey, this my legacy is on the line. Yeah. All right, let's bring this home. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaq is on the ropes. A number one is going after him with lumber, but he opts for the axe instead, mm-hmm. throwing the wood to Shaq. Again, he wants his opponent armed. Like, it's it's just... Mm-hmm. Axe number one deflects the shack attack a few times, but gets hit in the tummy. Axe number one retaliates with a hit. A most palpable hit! <laughs> uh, to the shoulder, and Shaq is bleeding like crazy. 
it seems like Axe Number One is ready to call it a day if Shaq yields. Mm-hmm. Of course he doesn't. Shaq, in all his insanity, bears down on A Number One with just his mitts. Mm. And Borgnine looks like a fucking zombie. Oh, yeah. Like he completely bedraggled, yeah. sweaty, covered in blood. He stands his ground. He's wobbling. He seems to want A Number One to just bury this axe mm-hmm. in his chest. Like he's like, just like. Like our RoboCop remake, just do it. <laughs> Instead, A number one gives him a nudge with the axe head, and Shaq goes over the side, mm-hmm. still alive. As the train rolls on, Shaq shouts that A number one hasn't seen the last of him. And again, this ties into the metaphor of establishment versus anti-establishment. Mm-hmm. You can you never can truly never win. Mm-hmm. They're always going to be the fascists. Are always going to be back. Yeah. They're like. You don't just kill him. I love yeah. that message, but I also would have loved to have seen uh, Shaq have, you know, get completely oh, bisected. Yeah. No, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Like, like, Lee yeah. Marvin just power chops Extremely him. Extremely sad. Oh, no, I meant yes. more that he falls off and then he gets... The thing that happens is that Shaq does do the hobo in the beginning. Hits him oh, in the head and then he gets cut bisected the and everything. Billy and I wanted Lee Marvin to just cut him in half. <laughs> That'd be cool too. Both both would be good. Both I would, would, be, be, I would be fine with either. But it is but more I powerful than Shaq and Yes. Although there should have been a sequel, Emperor of the North Pole Two, yes. where Shaq comes back as a cyborg. Right. Yeah. Like it's like a nineteen thirties steampunk <laughs> depression era <laughs> cyborg. Emperor of the North Pole. Shaq is back. Oh goodness. The Shaq is back in black. Mm, um, if Coley took over. Um, <laughs> Cigarette finally climbs down from his perch and he talks about what a great team he and A number one. Yeah, of course make. he does. This is my favorite scene, not the <laughs> other scene. Just because of one moment. And yes. A number one growls, kid, you got no class. Mm-hmm. Before tossing cigarette off the train into a crick. Love it. As the train goes, A number one shouts to the kid telling cigarette just why he sucks. Yep. Yeah. All the reasons why he's a piece of shit. And there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons. Lot this of reasons. monologue goes on for a while. Maybe, maybe you could too have been long. a meat eater. Yes. Um, I love the monologue, but I think it might go on a bit too long. But I, I finally got I, the point. I, I loved like, it because I imagine I Lee Marvin, if a like, I imagine just a number one shouting at the top of the lung. He just needs to tell this kid how much he sucks. Right. Yeah. So hard. But the final lesson: stay off trains. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that is the yeah. Emperor of the North Pole. And the movie cuts immediately yes. to the credits because Robert Aldrich is too good for falling action. Yes. yes. The climax has happened. He's done with it. Well, the falling action the movie's is over. Is <laughs> cigarette going about. over the side. Right, yes. Yeah. Since I shit on the movie a lot, I do want to give it a compliment sure. at the end and everything. Yes. Uh, and I think it's just Robert Aldrich in general. I love his movies for when you start the movie, you start it, and when you... I know that sounds dumb, and when you end it, Very there fun. is nothing else. to the, There is of their story, but it doesn't There's not like matter. a post-credit sequence where Sam Fury shows. No, uh, not, Fury shows up. And, not even that. It's just like most most movies. I think when you see this battle, it would have a you know sh- um, uh, a number one traveling, and maybe he gets mall. to the home. Yeah. yeah, I love that his movies start where they start and end yes. where they end. It doesn't matter what happened before or after, mm-hmm. and everything. And that tends to be Robert Aldrich. Yeah, um, yeah. Like he, he just same thing with Dirty Dozen is yeah, I could yeah. absolutely see a lesser filmmaker after you know the big climactic thing happening and then they'd be like and then Lee Marvin getting back to the USA Charles Bronson like going back into the which is the yeah. funniest fucking joke in Dirty Dozen where they're like Killing hey generals. Charles Bronson 
You can go back into active military service. Yes. That's your reward. That was, said, killing yeah. generals could really become a habit for me. <laughs> Is he in the second one? Page. No. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I, he, he wasn't dead at the time, I believe, but I think he was just Might too as well good and rich. Well, I don't know yeah. if it was that. He was in some pretty shit movies. Oh, he yeah. was. But Death I don't Wish think he, 1 through 9? I don't think he needed to be in a made-for-TV Dirty yeah. Dozen movie. Then why did Lee Marvin? Why well, Thomas Savalas be in was, 3 and 4? Is God. he? Yeah. But, does he play? Uh, no, Maggot. No, he doesn't no, play Maggot. He doesn't play Maggot. You okay. told me he played Maggot at one point. Oh, I must have been. Well, then you have to make a Maggot yeah. cult. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Does anyone have anything else they'd like to say about the North Pole? Uh, movie should have been about Santa Claus. Okay. Yeah. Should have been a good joke. 15 you minutes You really long. landed it. I did. I know you've been thinking about that one for a while. <laughs> for about 24 just, hours. So you just, you just really <laughs> just fucking, you power-fucked that one into just, our brains. I just uh, completely no-sold so it all. So, Ian, I was, thank you for listening, whatever comes next. The trio, the three musketeers, dem boys. Oh, well, yeah. uh, Seems to be working well, even though it we does. don't do as much bits. Love Billy on whenever he wants to be on. Sure. and uh, I'll be going to college soon, but I'll be around. Yeah, you and mm-hmm. your fucking ivory tower. You fucking... <laughs> no. But, uh, but I'll be back. Yeah. You guys can do some episodes, too. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.